there, everybody, and welcome to episode 37 of Motion Picture Madness. Oh, moving Picture Madness. My name is Matt Hudson, and joining me as ever is the King of the North, the Northern Hunk. Sand, how are you, my friend? I'm good. <laughs> how are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I've pulled an answer today. I've got an energy drink, which I can't open. I've been trying to open in the intro, but I can't get my fingernails under it. But yeah, other than that, not bad. It's early in the morning again, so how are you holding up? I'm fine, mate. I've been up for, I've been up for a few hours. Um, dropped, dropped Beth off at work yep. this morning, about half five in the morning, was it? Half five? Jesus. Six, something like that. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to stay up. So I'm up. 10pm time. He's, he's pegged his eyes open just so he can see what's going on. <laughs> I've done a, I've done a Sam Neill and just like pulled him out. <laughs> well, it's fine. If only we could talk about that film. What are we talking about today, old boy, our buddy, old pal? Uh, we're talking about... The master director himself, again, Paul W.S. Anderson's Event Horizon. Paul W.S. Anderson. This is Why what? do we talk about him so much? I, I don't know. It just seems to be... It, we, we don't we gravitate do this towards him. We don't, do we? This Again, we've got our list of films, Event Horizon on there. This is a film which I forget he even directed. Because That's what I was going to say. You, you, when when shite. we first did this... you. I said, oh my God, we're doing another Paul W.S. Anderson film. And you were like, oh shit, I didn't even, I couldn't remember that he directed <laughs> I this. I said the same about Mortal Kombat as well. So we're not doing this for that reason. It just keeps happening. And of course, we reviewed all of his Resi films to start with. So, Oh God, yeah. He's our most watched director in MPM history. I think he is. He's, oh God, imagine Spielberg, if we get him on here. Lucas, Carpenter, nope. Paul W.S. Anderson is holding the <laughs> fort for us in a minute. Man. <laughs> mm. Well... It's, it's just well, easy it's to weird, watch. It's, yeah, it's, it's a weird <laughs> one, and also we'll have to do the uh, Monster Hunter one as well when yeah. that comes out in the UK eventually. Monster Hunter, that's was it June or July, isn't it? Some shit. Yeah, What's nobody it? cares when that's coming out. No, They're just releasing it at whatever time. It's just kind of like meh, whenever in this yeah. country, whenever. <laughs> They're basically going to shove the, the film reel through the cinema's letterbox and just say, do what you want to it. Play it or not, we don't care. And just so, walk so off. They say, like, shove the film reel through like a cheese grater or something. Yeah. Like, whatever. That's it. <laughs> stick it on the hot dog thing. Just stick it on there. Yeah. It plays, it plays. Um, <laughs> Event Horizon is what? Tw- it's almost 25 years old, mate. When did so, this come out? 97. 97, 97. right, yeah. So to you, mate, again, um, I'm piggybacking off last week. Uh, when did you first see this film, mate? And do you even like it? I saw this like maybe a couple of years ago for the first time, but rewatching it, I couldn't really remember any of it. And yeah. I, I, I don't know if I actually watched it all the last time I put it on, and not not for any reason of like disliking it. Um, <laughs> I just can't. I just couldn't remember it, or I either turned it off. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. But um, I quite like it, mate. It's it's yeah. I think it's a bit too good for a Paul W.S. Anderson film. <laughs> I know. Same here. I don't it's, think this is cack. No, I don't. It's It feels a step above that. It feels like... My, I'm trying to think of a director. Who's, it feels on sort of a different level of quality, but... Who's the guy who did um, Valerian? Yeah, it feels like it feels like that kind of level. You're right, mate, yeah. Can't think of I didn't name, hate though. that either, to be fair. I um, wasn't as big a fan of that, but that was more to, to to do with the two leads rather than anything else. Oh, yeah, they were pants. Yeah, they were a bit dog, weren't they? But, <laughs> but I, did, I, I liked the world. Yeah, the world's that, great. And, 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 the, and the design. And it was one of the only films that I've ever watched in 3D that was really impressive. You know, they kept going towards that planet, which was like all like jagged and yep. like sharp. It was a really well 
design planet, like something really different. Oh, no, it wasn't a planet, was it? It was just like a station that they kept going to. Is that, but anyway, is that, is that the one about when, when we do that episode, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, so and it, that looked really good in 3D anyway. But um, yeah, Event Horizon. Um, clearly taken inspiration from aliens in every single way. The architecture of the ships, the banter <laughs> yeah. of the crew, the tone, everything is taken straight from aliens. Mm-hmm. Aliens specifically, isn't it? Like the jokes are almost like as they're all getting out of the, like the cryo chambers, they're, they're exactly the same jokes. Yeah. It's just a crew bannering on someone. And yeah. I, I read somewhere that somebody else referred to it as the shining in space. It might be an eBay actually, in space is which a bit that, yeah. it's not entirely wrong with the hallucinations and all that. And our boy, Nick Hendrickson on Twitter, Hellraiser in space, he called it, which again, space, yeah. isn't wrong. There's a, there's a certain quality to this thing. There's a guy who was around a couple of hundred years ago, he wrote these kind of short stories, a bit weird, penal gland and all that. There's a bit of that uh, throughout as well, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And also, it's basically Silent Hill on a spaceship as well. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. It's literally showing people their worst fears and transforming the environment around them and basically existing as this purgatory slash hell for people to feel all the bad things that's ever happened to them. That's, that's- how I felt watching the Resident Evil films. <laughs> I'm basically describing Silent Hill through doing that, aren't I? But um, pretty much, yeah. I kind of like the look of this film, though. It's mm-hmm. th- there are a couple of bits that are really dodgy CGI, but apart from that, I don't think we'd fully reached like the all digital, like l- really late nineties, early two thousands, like Phantom Menace kind of look, where no. things are, are going so far. No, not Phantom Menace. That's unfair. Attack of the Clones, where mm. everything's digital. Yep, all those old horror films at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like all like the establishing shots of the event horizon itself. I think it's a cool design of a ship. It's mm-hmm. it's one hundred percent ripped off of like Sid Mead's uh, alien designs and stuff like that. But still, it's there are worse things it, to rip off. Yeah, exactly. It, it works, and I think I don't know how it would have felt. Did, I don't know how it would have felt at the time watching this. Like, as in, how much would it have felt like imitation versus rip off that? sort of just 10 year gap between that and aliens. aliens was 86 wasn't it this yeah. is 97 um i'm not sure but it's still i, I still think it feels a bit like a, a rip-off of that now in obviously the two elements i said in the design and mm-hmm. the and the characters that they that they choose but I, think what, that's so a really good I didn't point, ask though. you mate in return what where, what's your history with this film um i did so i didn't see what it came out i remember uh my bro horn had the vhs i remember seeing the uh, Black Vietnam with a blue writing event horizon on the side. So this does feel like a horn film. He does. I, I think, I, I very think I've, I've got sort of his his taste down now. He's like a he's an Independence Day guy. Mm-hmm. He's an Alien Resurrection guy. So I knew he'd be an Event Horizon guy. <laughs> this is very much like there's there's a there's a DVD out out there somewhere which is a four pack and it's got those three on <laughs> and maybe what else would be on it. Um, uh, what else? I was about to say Mars Attacks. That might be on there with it. Well, I liked Mars Attacks, though. Yeah, I don't yeah, that's what I was. But I suppose you have Mars to, Attacks might be above these. <laughs> all those films have one. All those packs have one film to kind of pull you in, and then you got yeah, to watch the other Mars crap along the, with it. As yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah, no, this is this is pure horn. This is. Um, but so I, I didn't watch it as a kid. I watched this not that long ago. Actually, was it twenty twenty one? Now that's how much the pandemic's affected me. Probably about ten years ago. Yeah, uh, when I was just in a phase of just buying everything from HNV and those sales, um, oh, yeah. so about ten years ago, and the first time I saw it, I remember thinking this is quite good. You know, if I was going to rank it, I would have given it like seven out of ten back in the day. 
Um, yeah. And watching it now with another 10 years on top of it, I still don't think it's that bad, mate. And no, I, I think it's good. It's like yeah. tw- 20, I know this isn't the bill, and then it's like 28% on RT. This isn't a 28% film. I think this is Absolutely half not, decent. No. It's, do you know what the best thing about it is? One of them, it's only an hour and a half. They don't mess yep. around with like silly yep. exposition and over the top dialogue. It's what's the point? I, I remember like obviously just obviously thirty minutes in exactly last night, but I just I, I just checked just to see how long was left. <laughs> Not for a bad reason. I was just like I, I was either going to carry on watching it downstairs or watch the rest in bed. And I fl- uh, flicked the remote obviously, and I was like, "There's an hour left of this. That's yeah. mental." Like doesn't take, it doesn't take long. Feels like to get it just it. started, and like it, stuff really doesn't start kicking off until maybe. 30 odd minutes as well, mm-hmm. like 40 yeah. minutes maybe. Because the first, the first, like you say, the first half, third is just the crew. It's basically. them trying to find the event horizon itself. So, oh yeah, just for people who don't know, obviously. So, this ship's gone out, uh, they've created this ship, the event horizon, which has got this big, what, what do they call it in the in the film? It's uh, the, the gravity core, isn't it? Yeah, the core. Uh, it's got this big core on it, which we basically, Sam Neill explains how uh, you going through like gaps in space and time work mm-hmm. with that piece of paper, which is one of the best examples you'll see of that, isn't it? Where he basically gets a piece of paper, that space folds it in half, puts a pen through it. And that's how you go through like these portals the and these event horizons. Yeah. The gravity drive. Yeah. Interstellar took the exact same idea and used the exact same example in their film. Much worse film, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so, they go out, that ship's now been missing for seven years. Nobody knew where it was and it's just shown up in space. And they do a really clever thing where they try and like do an analysis of the ship when they get close to it. And it says, it's not reading any signs. So we're going to have to get on board, which yeah. then you just straight away, you're like, I don't know about you, mate. Straight away. I was like, this is fucking so much my shit. Yeah. This ship has been missing in space for seven and years. Presumed destroyed. We don't as well, know what's going on. Yeah, presumed destroyed. You hear this recording, which is just chaos, screaming, it's just carnage, screaming. So I'm like, "Get me on that fucking ship! I want to yeah. see what's, what's going, going on. on. What's going yeah. on?" Because before, it's like that- it's the whole. It's the, that's the thing that fascinates me about Alien the most. It's not the xenomorph or like the history of the fucking whatever and all that crap that they go into an AVP. It's just, oh shit, what's going on on this? What is going like, to get them ship? on that ship? Exactly. Yeah. Because before that, we got a sopping wet Sam Neil swagging around in his black pants. And then, <laughs> and then he got Cooper saying, "Would you like something hard and black inside of you?" Um, oh yeah, he says like, "Do you want some coffee?" And he's like, it. "No thanks." And he's like, "How about you? You want something hard and black inside you?" And the, the woman says, "No thanks." He's like, "How about some coffee?" <laughs> it's like so alien. <laughs> and then it? immediately it goes to Sam Neill, um, what uh, what's his name? Weir discussing like gravity drives and that. So it's, it's like it's great how yeah. they just go all over the place. I didn't think the ship looked bad either, mate. The first shot of the ship, I actually thought it just looks really good, actually. But yeah. then. But then the they go inside and you see the like, crappy not... CGI floating books. But That's what... the thing. It's when they're clamping on that thing and the, and the guy's like, the, the, the bloody guy from Dog Soldiers. Oh, Sean Pertwee. Uh, he's like, um, that's that's not a load bearing thing, and he's like, it is now. Well, <laughs> it is now. Lights down on it, yeah. The bit that got me though, and it really, it's the the bit after that, or just before that, when the camera is rotating around the space station from the outside, it literally gave me motion sickness, that bit did. Um, yeah. And yeah. I read just before coming on that that shot took over a third of the film's budget, visual effects budget, wow. to do just that. And I was watching it, and it was genuinely, I had to look away because it was making me feel sick watching it. So um, I felt like I was in space for 30 seconds. But um, yeah. Oh, by the way, spoilers for Event Horizon. 
Um, yeah. yeah, on that, the opening text is a little crawl, which basically summates to somehow Event Horizon returned. So yeah. um, you, you, you start off... Not through an event in Fortnite, though. Not for an event in Fortnite, or it wasn't a cloned <laughs> ship. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a strand cast ship. But yeah, the force. Oh, mate, I remember that. That was the big drop, wasn't it, the other year? <laughs> Somehow, I returned on Fortnite, yeah. and now we play that. Well, you guys play it quite a lot. So, um, mm. who get who got the laugh laughs now in PM? Uh, yeah, no, I did. Yes. No, I, I I did like this film, mate. It's not nowhere near as bad. I don't think as bad as everyone says. It's an hour and a no. half of of like goofy, not goofy, that's the wrong word, but not entirely serious sci-fi body horror. It's it's what's not to like. Yeah, exactly. Does it, it, it? It's it's exactly the kind of film that you'd think it was when you take this kind of thing and make it in the nineties yeah. with Paul W S Anderson. It's like, but I do think it's so it's so much a this and Mortal Kombat. I, I was thinking about it while I was watching it. Off the back of this, because what else had he done, our boy, at that point? Is it just this and Mortal Kombat? He'd done Mortal Kombat, and then he was, at the time, he was the up-and-coming, up-and-coming kind of act action director. That's what I mean. You can absolutely see why they went, right, this guy's going to make a bunch of Resident Evil films in, because he'd just done Mortal Kombat, then this. He was off with X-Men. Pick, picture us in the 90s, mate, because you, you liked Mortal Kombat as well, didn't you? I thought it was all right. I'd have loved it yeah. in the 90s when I, when I was 9 or 10, yeah. Exactly, this is what I'm thinking. If me and you... To cast ourselves back then in time in the DeLorean. If only. And we've just watched Mortal Kombat and we're like, fucking hell, that is so good. That was so good. Our, our favourite game on the yeah, on, on the <laughs> on the Sega Mega Drive, Mortal Johnny, Kombat. Johnny Cage 2. was so cool, wasn't he? Yeah, and then like we're watching the film, like obviously being in the arcades, all that, you'd be so excited. Go a bit later, right, we're a bit older now. Uh oh, it's that guy who made Mortal Kombat. He's making a like horror thing, blah 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 in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've um We've read these Lovecraft books as well. We, we like those, don't we? <laughs> Teenage Ant and Matt. Yeah, 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 we do, yeah. We'd watch this. It'd blow our fucking minds. It'd probably be like one of our favourite films at the time. That's we'd, the kind of We'd be like, this director's the best ever. We, yeah, There's exactly. nothing this guy can't do. And then we'd play Resident Evil on the PlayStation 1, yeah. and then we'd watch those films and our hearts would be broken. <laughs> we'd be, that's it. We'd play Resident Evil. We'd be like, oh, they're making a film based on these games, and the guy who did Mortal Kombat and Event Horizon is doing the film. Yeah. What so somebody... Hitchcock's back. Somebody did go on that journey that we just described. We didn't. We didn't do that. Someone we just we played Resi, then watched Resi, then went back and watched these, and it's like oh, going all over the place. But yeah, you can see why the guy was like touted at the, to to be this big blockbuster sort of video game and thingy adaptation and horror director. Can't you? Well, how can different it? could the superhero genre have been though? Because for me, X Men kicks it all off. In 2000, and Paul W. S. Anderson was offered the chance to direct it and turned it down. How? And again, we can't Ooh, tell how that film would did. have been. But how? Because to me, if X Men doesn't do well, that then maybe doesn't give us the platform for Spider Man, which then gives us the the Nolan Batman films. Yep. MCU. How different could things have been? Again, Paul might put Paul. Uh, we, we're on first name terms. We, we've been on the show enough. If Paul had smashed X Men, no film history could have been changed forever. Oh yeah, because I think superhero films will would have still been if that film turns out really crap. And I mean that first X Men film, it's not perfect. It's not great anyway. The, the second one is though. one of my favorite yeah, superhero same. films, X Two. But um, yeah, it, it might just have still been what superhero movies were in the eighties and nineties, which was just this kind of little niche thing, and mm. they made one now and again. And yeah. Yeah. What quiet world that. that would be. I know, it'd be so <laughs> weird, wouldn't it? Imagine that how 
how, how good is Sam Neill as Wolverine? Um, it's good to see Sam Neill. I like Sam Neill. You know who film. was offered the role of Wolverine before anybody else, mate? Well, you you're not too believe young. Um, go on. <laughs> Glenn Danzig <laughs> from Misfits. From Misfits. <laughs> Oh, punk rocker. Imagine that guy and, like, what's happened with him in recent years, like, how daft he's made himself look in, like, the public eye and stuff. Did you see that recent article they just did with him? Uh, they just did an article with him, like... And stuff like that. Yeah, and he yeah. said, like, the punk rock scene wouldn't work because everybody's babies and all this. And it's like... There's two things to that, right? He's obviously just been a bit like, whatever. He's, he's really man. edgy, Shakes Mr. Old Man. Cloud. Yeah, you, yeah. That's what he's being. But also, interviewers shouldn't be doing that to him. They know that he's going to say that, and they know he's going to make himself look a twat, and they know that everybody online is going to rip him. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just basically feeding him to the wolves, aren't they? It's like like going to dinner with your grandparents and asking them, like, just all these political questions, and then they just say stuff that's... Yeah, they're just going to say something that's a bit off. There's no point. Just leave them. Just they're they're going away. They're all going away. Just let them let them go quietly. Let them live out their last moments. In yeah, peace. we don't need to be asking Glenn Danzig his political opinions on the punk rock scene I'm not totally in 2021. Sure who wants to hear it either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean. Like, yeah, just again. I'm not saying he is. He is like just being. Yeah, like you said, shaking fist at thingy. But we just don't need to hear him do it. We know that's what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't give a toss either as yeah. well. You know, it's, it, I, I love thinking about that in film or music or whatever. Is what if like the whole you know what if Kurt Russell was Han Solo? What if Glenn yeah. Danzig was Wolverine? Yeah, because it's it's if it, if it's like the whole Star Wars thing where everything just clicked. Like, yeah, with exactly. Yeah. X Men and with Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. Maybe clicked. though, maybe we're not considering what happens here. Maybe because Hugh Jackman is a very good guy, and he's a very good PR guy. He's a very yeah, nice oh, man. Cool. Like nobody ever really. Maybe that's what Danzig would have turned out if he was if he was working with all these people all the time. Maybe he made Hugh the wrong Jackman move. would have been putting out the political punk yeah. rock and woke <laughs> statements in twenty twenty one. Like my early Aussie movies wouldn't have bloody worked now. That's it. Not look, how things are now. Look at that fucking Ponce in the Greatest Showman, Danzig. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh my god. I want somebody somebody who's really talented, please just like edit Danzig into all Hugh Jackman's roles. <laughs> At least Les just Mis. Photoshop it. Yeah. You Les imagine it. <laughs> Les Mis fits. Yeah. We've oh, done hey! it, mate. We've done it. We've done oh, it. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you naughty man. Um Glenn Danzig could have been in this in because uh, if, if, if that was a, I mean no actually what we're not considering is a third option here is that he doesn't just go on to be Wolverine and have the success that Hugh Jackman has he plays Wolverine and the film is even worse for it and then <laughs> no, no, nothing else happens that's just it is that all W.S. Anderson's X-Men starring Glenn Danzig <laughs> sounds about right doesn't it actually well that's de- big Glenn Danzig's definitely going on this graphic and it's not going to make any sense I'm not <laughs> no. going to give any context to it but he's going on the graphic of Event Horizon and okay, for those so. who have read the description, you will not have seen Glenn Danzig mentioned once. So, <laughs> welcome to MPM Motion Picture Madness. Here we go. <laughs> what are we uh, talking about? This <laughs> talking about, mate. You, you're the professional one. You get get us going on. Let's this go. Event, let's right? get it back us in. So, I mentioned Sam yeah. Neil, mate. Um, I like we we we, we both like Sam Neil. He's, yes, we, we do. Like yeah. Most things he's in, uh, I, and I like him in here. There was a few people who were supposed to be cast for the role, which I can't remember now, but. 
I like. I think Sam Neil brings the right amount of cat a Glenn Danzig. See, Glenn wouldn't have been able to bring the gravitas and the. Mother. That's it. Do you see? <laughs> with the like, guitar with his eyeballs got three fair, chords. Some of those, some of those scenes do look like something out of like a like a, a heavy rock. Like oh, the scene with what's that geezer called? Um, Jason Isaac's character DJ when he's strung up. He's, he's been he's been oh sliced open, and it, that yeah. that I forgot all about that scene. The scene where he's mm. he's been hung up uh, by he's his, skin, he's had his guts chest opened out. up, hasn't he? And he's like just basically like he's he's displayed out like a yeah, he's, he's, his skin's like pulled out like he's like just some kind of bat. Yeah, like, like the size like of the lambs type of shot. The old the old membranous bloody uh, like chest cavity, hasn't he? But well, it's, it's weird. And also, it's worth saying as well that this film was originally forty minutes longer. I'm sure you, I'm sure if people who know everybody the film spoke know that. about this a lot of times as well about how apparently that forty minutes as well was absolutely brutal. In some of the stuff that was in it, it's an eighteen in the UK, so it did get the the big old eighteen. But yeah, it was it was meant to be a lot worse. As in, like, well, let's bloodier. let's get into that then because there is that scene where you basically see into what the hell that they that this. So the idea is that this ship's been to hell and come back through, or or it's pulling stuff from hell through it's the core. It's out outside of our known universe, basically, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. It's brought something back, and they they describe it with like some um, exposition as uh, well. Bloody Morpheus says, doesn't he? He says, um, "Are you telling Are you telling me that the ship is alive?" And then like the I can't remember any of the fucking characters' name. Shock, but. Um, the the blonde lady she turns around and says, "Look, I don't have an explanation. That's the best e- explanation that I can give. Stark. Is that it's it's reacting to us." Yeah. Oh yeah, she's called Stark, and the fucking other ship that they're on is called the Lois and Clark. That's Lois- right. Speaking of superhero movies, here we, we've tied it together. That's it. We've got Glenn Danzig as Wolverine, Tony Stark, <laughs> who who could have been to- Jim Carrey could have been Tony Stark, and then you have got the Lewis and the Clark, which is a stupid name for a ship. Because <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. But yeah. um... That's my favourite scene in the film, mate. I know it makes me a, a sicko, an absolute sociopath, but it's my favourite scene in the film where you just see into whatever what's his face sees at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy who gets strung up, obviously, he sees something DJ. so bad, which is the old H.P. Lovecraft concept, which is <laughs> um, he sees something so just mad and just horrible and incomprehensible out in space that he just. He just switches off, doesn't he? He's just like comatose. But when you see what it is, it's just, oh my God, what it, it's like arms, people getting fisted in their mouths, uh, people just struck, inside like chained out, up and like chained being, up, having awful things done to them, and there's just abrasions all over them, they're bleeding yeah. from every or- orify. It's, it's fucking horrible. It's like it's so horrible. on a Friday night. But I wanted more of that. No, I you, wanted no, just you, like, and that's what if that's was. what this film's like trying to sell me on is, right, uh, something that, it, that has been brought back onto the ship. It's just so disgustingly, unimaginably horrifying. Then yeah, take, take me on that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. that would have made it an even better film. I think, right. What it would have done is it would have made people like me like it a lot more. It would have been critically even less well-received though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it would have maybe been a video nasty. You would have seen a bloody 
Siskel and Ebert doing the this movie is in, just incomprehensible nastiness of a of a of a kind of which I have never seen, and we should not be celebrating not. this kind so of cinema. Somebody gets fucked in the face here, and I can't be dealing with that when I'm sit down in the multiplex. How many times do you see that? It was on a well, it was on a video the other day. I was watching Red Light Media's thing on uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and it just keeps cutting to stuff like, "If you like this film, then you're." <laughs> <laughs> he's like if you like this film then you're pretty much accepting the fact that you like watching teenagers be stabbed this movie doesn't care about if you've got a girlfriend if you just got a new car or a new job this movie is here to say that it doesn't matter and you could be killed at any moment yes yes it is and it's a movie and i love it <laughs> yeah. for it exactly yeah. and i love you rog roger and, and um and Eve. i, I, I just love it when they cut back to clips of them like where Obviously, all subjective. They obviously probably like would still think the same now if they saw it now. But I love it when they come. I think they did one for the thing, didn't they? Um, was that Roger Ebert? I haven't seen the RLM one. If it's the one they go the, to. No, it, it's just I haven't seen it on RLM. It's just uh, Roger Ebert just talking about the. Th- I'm pretty sure he was talking about the thing, and he was saying how it's just disgusting and like gore porn, and it's just not worth watching at all. And obviously, that went on to be. One of the horror greats, didn't it? Let's have a look. Um, just want to see if I can see anything on there on Google in live on air. What his quotes about the thing? Uh, he he called it a great bath bag, something or other. So yeah, he wasn't as pleased yeah. to watch it. Yeah, so he just he kind of threw it in with just the schlock, didn't he? Though that's what I mean. And it's yeah, like now obviously not considered that. In- it's funny whether Event Horizon gets that, but it. Do we always um, we always have a? What did you think of Event Horizon? Shall I shall I give this a go? You have a little look. Take it away. But it's, it, we we do poke fun at Paul W. Sanderson, and for good reason too, because he's <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. My, for my, in, in the last top twenty wrong. years, because the first Resi's not that bad, is it? We've said this in terms of the I, context the f- of the actual franchise of films. No, no, the first three aren't that bad. Like they're not quite on Event Horizon or Mortal Kombat level. They're just under that for me. But then it just goes so far off the edge. Mind you, he didn't even direct two and three, did he? So we can't give him credit for that. No, then he came back to do the other ones, which are just he as much even worse. He came back to do but... all the worst ones, didn't he? Which but... one did we say in the end was the worst res? It was the fourth was one, fourth, wasn't it? Fourth or the fifth one. It was whichever one has that fucking awful brown-like colour palette and there's, like, planes flying around and the prison break guy do, is doing backflips into cages and shit. It's, ooh, stuff. that one. It's just oh, the coach shit. from Goon, can't remember his name, he's in it. Oh, you know um, the one. The, yeah, uh, Kim Coates, I think his name is. That's the guy, yeah. Is it Kim Coates? I always remember him because I, I always thought, you know, Kim can be a male or female name, but I always yeah. foolishly associated with a female. So I was like, oh, that guy's, that, that, that's Kim Coates. Um, yeah. Interesting story there. But now we always poke fun at Paul Anderson, but the director's cut of this film could, and again, we don't know, but it could have been pretty, by the sounds of it, it could have been pretty good. And this and film was the- decent enough as it is, but the, the director's cut could have been pretty meaty. Apparently, that was on. Uh, that might have been on Red Light Media as well. Actually, apparently, there's a story where um, they've lost all that footage now. That is gone. Yeah, You're never VHS, getting that. Yeah. yeah the, it, it, somebody told like a weird story about it where it, like they left it somewhere and it set on fire. They I don't know if it's true. They went globe trotting and they said they found some of it in like a, a I think it was like a Tanz- Tanzanian mine or something like that. Like one of the VHS was seen like a a mine in like Africa or something like that. It's all over the place where what, they found the VHS it. VHS for Event Horizon? Yep. It's, yeah, I love it. It was like a mine or a cave. Uh, That's here we go. And it wasn't that. It was, uh, they traveled the world to locate the original footage, some of which was found in the strangest places, i.e. in an abandoned Transylvanian salt mine. 
What the so, fuck? Tying into last week's episode. Um, but to, yeah. to, to talk about, like, release the Snyder Cut. Imagine yeah. if this ever got found. Release the salt mine cut. Well, what's his name? <laughs> um, the geezer, Paul Anderson, said that he did... He he did actually have a VHS copy about ten years ago, but it was so badly worn that you know he, it's it's not it, it's unreleasable. But he right. did he has since said you know never say never. Obviously, don't expect anything ever, but I'd never rule it out because you never know what might come to light. But I'd love to see some of this stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, because that's the stuff that was cut for the most part. From what they said, is the it's just the. Just all the nastiness from hell and that, isn't it? I'm trying to so I was trying to read a bit of this Roger Ebert thing on uh, thingy, but he's not really done like a, a summary paragraph, so it's just so long I couldn't really give you much. But there's one bit here; it just says the obvious inspiration for Event Horizon was a much better film. Andrei Tarkovsky's Solaris in 1972, oh, where space cool, yeah. space station orbits a vast planet. Blah, 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 Event Horizon, where the, he's just like it's. I couldn't sum it up for you anyway, but um, I don't think he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you give out of four? Uh, two. Well, fair to middling then. Yeah, middling. I don't like the out of four thing. No, it always throws me because if you're going to do it, if it's out of five, five you can at least ten. get a middle ground, can't you? But like, yeah, five or ten. Yeah. yeah, two out of four doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound you know that sounds quite good to me. Whereas yeah, you know, two and a half I mean. out of five doesn't sound great. I don't know why. Yeah. And, and it is like the same, isn't it? But it's still, I'm, I'm with you, mate. It sounds yeah. different. It Five out of ten. Mate, that's that's why I always use a ten. I know it's wrong, but use a ten because then you can get more of a gauge. Like if something if yes. something is down the middle, it's five out of ten. It's not yes, two exactly. out of four or something like that. But um, best line in the film, mate. I'm I'm gonna call it here. Go on. We'll see what you think it is. All the shit goes wrong. Everything's going wrong, and then you get uh, Captain Miller. We're leaving. <laughs> Pack your things. Just, we're leaving. Just just looks at the screen and just goes, "We're leaving." <laughs> One of mine is also Miller when at, right at the end when they're in the core and Sa- and uh, we're Sam Nils uh, fully become the devil, the demon, whatever. What the fuck? Yeah, he's and he goes all sorts going on. With oh his face, my isn't god! What happened to your eyes? And then he goes, "Where well, we're going, we don't need eyes to see." I was like, this is just great. Just taken Back to the Future's best line and used it in this. But oh my god, like Sam Neil, it's like they brought him in for a reshoot and he had who's ten the minutes. Guy, the guy who, I can't, which character or actor it is that the guy who gets like flung off into space oh, and then shoots himself back with the rocket? Uh, Cooper, Richard T. Jones, right? What he's like? I'm coming back, motherfucker! Why is this like, shit happening to me? As he's floating into deep space, he's floating into deep space, about to die. He's like, why is this shit always happening oh. to me? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you'd be going crazy. And he, and he comes back and gets blasted out again, or so we believe. By so many Hill. of his lines sound like they're like ADR'd in after as well. The one Especially, at the end, you know, yeah, the one at the end. You, you can hear the echo of the outside of the ship as the doors are closing, but you can still hear him going, it's the rescue team, we're fine. That's, like, yeah, it's exactly. so weird. Exactly. A, speaking on that just as well, just about the sound design in general, is so, so poorly chosen. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's unbelievable. That bit where all this stuff's flying from the explosion, it's like going... It's like the least effective it's, um, it's noises. It's like Looney Tunes sounds when explosions and guns are going. It's, just, it's like it's like it's like someone's you know that, like got a bike pump. Yeah, it's just such a bad <laughs> bit. And then when uh, Miller and bloody Sam Neill are fighting in the in the thing near the core at the end, and it's like doing the like as they punch in each other. And you're like, what is Whack. this? Whump. Yeah, yeah, you, you, 
you're you're a tiny bit away from just having yeah the the thwack on screen and stuff. It's just it's unreal. Well, Why Cooper, did they do that? That Cooper that was like laughable. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Some of the sound design was fine when when there was no sound. Like when, when they're just in the big cavernous hallways. Like that's you know they got, something they, else I didn't like big. about it. I didn't like the score. The score's oh, too much. Who is it? Is it Orbital again? I, I don't know, but the opening like, music. I've got my quotes. My line. My note is: What is that opening music? Question there's mark. A, there's music that's playing like while you know, like just while shit's kicking off, yep. and it's just like literally like just noise. It's not anything sort of scary. It's just like beep 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 beep. Yep. It's just like horrible to and listen. And that's to. what happens when you don't get it right because so many other films blend the score in with the yeah. what's going on screen, like the industrial noise. So it actually sounds like it's it on felt screen. Like. Not oh, let's put scary music on top of this. It didn't feel natural to the no. film or its tone or anything. The film's like, got enough jump scares to do that already. You obviously point to the number one example of like a great score that matches the tone and the feel and everything is alien, isn't alien, it, for yeah. this kind of film? Yeah. But you get this and it's like, no. No, no. and it, I, I did get worried when I put it on the other night and it comes up, you know, with a film starts and then it's... Yeah. As the, you know, I was like, what is... No, no. Because it goes back to that thing we always talk about, like the like the Resi uh, thing, like Freddy versus Jason, that where they use this kind of like weird contemporary music in these films where I don't like it. It's in, uh, industrial yeah. electronic stuff, which does not yeah. fit the tone. And then the film's finished and you're like, well, that was a bit of a weird, creepy ride. And then immediately it says... Well, it actually ends with the word the end, which is weird. But then straight away... <laughs> fucking hell at least give me a chance to kind of resonate with what i've just seen rather than throw me back into the rave yeah it's, that's what i mean about it being like heavy-handed it's just like i don't know the, the, the main sort of like the, the fucking music from the nightclub in blade 2 at some point like just that's how heavy-handed <laughs> they're going with it i know yeah i'm not a massive fan of the music in this in this um the, the use of jump scares is is fine i think i could have done without some of them um it's the one where someone's looking and then someone puts their hand on their shoulder and just shouts their name in their ear, which you wouldn't yeah. do in normal. Peters! Oh, fucking hell, you're right next to me. Just keep... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. It's just that kind of stuff. Like, you did... that, that annoys me, but it's fine. It's just a bit sloppy. I found, I found some of it, mate, on YouTube for us. Oh, yeah, go on. This is during a fight scene in, a, in this really serious film. what is this and that's one of the only bits that like i think like does live up to that really bad nighty schlock it's just that and i couldn't find one for the explosion but um yeah just it's the the explosion one's even worse it really is even worse all you needed was when they were trying to escape at the end is just for this to start playing like oh, we've got to get out of here Boom, whack. yeah Boom, yeah that's, that's that was the noises that you, you just nailed it yeah. it's that stock sound effect isn't it for it, like it is it's, it's the stock sound effect of like cheap. um you know when like something's about to expl- explode or even like when a ship is like thingy and there's like water on a, a ship and the, the screws are coming loose and one goes Pew! Like, oh, it's it's that stock effect that you've heard a billion times. Of course, they spent all the budget on that rotating shot to start with. That's why they're like, shit, <laughs> we can't even afford to do any kind when, of. When I did audio. search that, though, some people are with us with this, and I didn't. Re- obviously, I didn't know this prior, but I searched just for the sound effects. Then there were a lot of YouTube videos which are showing like 
it's Event Horizon, but just the establishing shots, shots of the ships. Mm-hmm. So people do like that. It is obviously a design that people enjoy. Yeah. But there's a lot of good stuff in this film. Like Visually, there's a lot of good stuff in this film. I think the ship yeah. itself looked it felt big and when when they're in the corridor that the in that bridges the brig to the core that yes. did feel big and that felt cavernous yeah and large. yeah yeah i've um, got the movie art of sid mead book here ooh. i'm just gonna double check that he didn't actually do it that's <laughs> I'm, saying they, I'm saying that he ripped it off but i don't know if he did it opens up with that feel it. isn't it like the establishing shot of the ship and that and yeah. the insides of it it does feel it doesn't it doesn't Say he did it. He did. Oh, he did. Strange days. Wow. There we are. Strange days. Aliens like Blade. I'm just reading the big ones. Blade Runner, Elysium, Johnny Mnemonic, Tron. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Forbidden Planet. He did Blade Runner 2049 as well. But yeah, he does look. If you look in any sort of great book, by the way, if you're a sci-fi fan, um, I collect way too many mm. art books from films. Obviously, the, you get like the art of books and stuff like that. Yeah. But. Uh, I've got the Star Wars ones like I've got what else? I've got the Ghost in the Shell ones really good. That film's like whatever, but the the design and stuff on that is amazing. The Alita one's good. Uh Blade Runner 2049, obviously that one's good. But this one, the art of Sid Mead has got like so many different things. And obviously reading it from the perspective of just one artist that's worked on multiple films, you can kind of see how his work changes and evolves. And yeah, this is one of my favourites. So a little tangent again, but go buy the art of Sid Mead visual futurist, because it's a great book available on Amazon and all those other yeah, good yeah, yeah. stockies as well. Um, yes. I'm just trying to see if there's anything, anything on there, but I can't see anything about Sid Mead on an Event Horizon on, on Google. But No, no. So. It, 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 the list in that book, I think, is quite comprehensive. It's all, it's all the stuff he's worked on. Yeah, but, um, he put Event They've definitely taken there. inspiration, haven't they, like we said? But Yeah. Well, to be, I yeah. mentioned The Shining in Space earlier on. There is a scene. Again, Cooper gets another great line. Yeah. But blood fills the lights and it starts flooding the ship. And, of course, he looks up and he goes... Oh fuck me, fuck me! And then this runs off as the blood starts filling everything. So Cooper is the uh, comic relief in this film, clearly. Oh yeah, this moment yeah, where it's, you're meant to be horrified, and he's just running around shouting that. I think work, what, what we said about it earlier, though, mate, it, it is a breeze. I will say that about it. Quick hour thirty minutes in and out, you can see all this horrible shit happen. It's yeah. It, it, it works on that. I think if it if it was maybe that forty minutes is really good, but maybe you'd have to remove some stuff from it because again, Depends one of the strengths is the fact that it's short. Yeah, if that forty minutes is full of absolute like crap because this film has got so there's so many moments where it is like you've got Sean Pertwee's character who just sits down, and he's like we're we're cocked, locked, ready to rock. It's got a lot yeah. of those kind of lines where it's like the you know snapping one Why do the ones in Aliens not feel awkward and cheesy though, and these ones do for some I reason? I don't know, but Sean what Pertwee reminds I think me the 80s of the eighties is just less cringy than the 90s we've said this before but i I don't know i think i I think you're right i think it's just a bit looser back then or uh, i don't know everything felt a bit more low budget as well so they kind of felt like they were just making it up on the spot rather than fed lines but sean perry reminds me of reminds me of a visual npm sometimes when they're talking when when they're talking about what's wrong with the ship and everyone's talking about what it could be and he's like well basically uh this ship is fucked uh uh, no, uh, uh, no, I haven't seen anything, and I don't need to see anything, sir. But I can tell you, this ship is fucked. Yeah. Well, thank you and for that scientific again, analysis, Mister like, Smith. The crew's dead. The ship's fucked. We're all fucked. Let's go home. It sounds like us on a ship. We're like, what's <laughs> uh, um, And can you tell me the uh, diagnostics, please? It's fucked, mate. Okay, thanks. Great. <laughs> Where's Matt on the toilet? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sure. I like Sean Pertwee, and he was just like his, almost like his dog soldiers. 
counterpart in this yeah film, but... yeah i always think that like, he's good but he's always the same guy isn't he? <laughs> i know he's, he's got that voice which you can't yeah you can't, can't change it and that voice can't really play any other characters because he's always like you say he's like yeah it's fuck mate like he's like <laughs> he's, he can't really like turn that into something else can he no no exactly so nice one sean we love you um well, the what about the shot in the airlock when Justin, the, goo, the dude who goes through the the black goo in the core and sees the other side, when he's in the airlock and his veins are popping and he's bleeding from the eyes. Oh God, yeah, there's a lot of those, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Do you know what the one that made me like queeze probably the most? Because some of them are really over the top and they're like cool yeah. to look at, but they don't really do it. The one with the kid and his legs are all fucked. Oh, that, that was Wilson horrible, maggoty and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just like all like yellow bits like coming out of it, wasn't there? And, stuff. and it happens really quick. You don't really get to see too much nope. detail on it, but it's like, ugh, it's, it's really horrible. And then the moments in the director's cut, which are, they, you hang on those shots for longer. Same with the one with DJ, Jason Isaacs hanging open. That was a yeah. much more graphic shot. Um, so all of these ones did have a lot more to it, but they had to cut it away. Yeah, and there's that way, it's Peter's... Um, well, what's her name? Uh, the, the Kathleen Quinlan, who was in Apollo 13 like two years before. So this is a strange double feature for her. Um, yeah. She watched Tom Hanks go into space, decides to go in herself, Event Horizon. Yeah, so she sees her son, and then later on, she follows her son. She, you, you see the core in her eyes. Yeah. She follows her son, and there's that uh, great, like, awful mobile view where she falls down she the falls, shaft. Yeah. She's she like, smacks herself on the side of like two oh. things. And that I've said this to you before. That always gets me a bit in films. I said, I think, it, no, you know when somebody's falling down and it's like not even hitting the bottom, it's when they hit things on the way down, you're just yeah. like, oh, that's not good. It's like, um, what film were we talking about that did it? Something did it that we watched like quite recently and you're like, oh, yeah, they're fucked. They do it in Rogue One, don't they? Cassian falls and Cassian hits everything it. on the way down. Yeah. There was one where they, they literally like, smacked their like, head on something. There was something else, wasn't there, that we've watched? Because I remember bringing this up that it like you're always like, oh, if they hit the sides, they're even more fucked. <laughs> if, they, if they can use the sound design to get so you feel like the thud of the impact, then <laughs> yeah. God. Man. And when she does hit the bottom as well, it's it's really well done because there's like a grate that's just above water. Yeah. And she hits the grate, snaps the grate. Through, yeah. Blood comes up from her body because she hits it so hard, but then fills the water as well and turns it red. And it, it is really, really good. It's, and then her vision of her son as well. is looking over the top smirking as well. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. that's, you, that's, that's, that's evil, that is. Uh, and, and then this runs off. That's what the threat is in this film. It's just pure evil. It's a presence that's yep. just going through the ship. It's not really got a face. It's just pure evil from outer space. And they say, obviously, because it's just the, the human way to comprehend it is it's hell. Yeah, there's no. It's not really, is it? Like they all say that. Well, we're not religious. We're not anything. It's just something in space. It's just something it just that we exists. haven't seen outside of our purely outside of our realm of understanding. Yeah. It's you kind of hell. get the feeling that to, to this presence of evil, maybe it isn't evil. This is just what reality looks like in this presence. Yeah, exactly. That's like, just, it's just Tuesday for them. Yeah. Because um, everybody's just, like I said, like turning inside out and like doing all this. And I don't think they're doing it like where – I don't even think they're conscious that they're doing it. I don't think they're choosing to do it. I don't even think they're being made to feel uncomfortable by it mm-hmm. in those scenes when everything's – got. I think that's just how this evil exists is – it just twists and distorts reality to a point where it manipulates you in and then you just, yeah. Like Sam Neill is a pretty normal dude. And then he slowly starts to get a bit, where he's, he starts to get a bit obsessive over the fact that he helped build the event horizon. Yeah. And you, you get the feeling like, well, something's going wrong here. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then by the end of the film, he pulls his own fucking eyes out, claws himself to the point where he just looks like he's... He, he looks like um thingy in an American werewolf in London who's following <laughs> around. He looks like that, doesn't he? He's got all the... It's great, like, um effects on his face and stuff. Mm. And, and they close it. They, they have some close-up shots of his face, so you get yeah. a real good look at it, and it looks it's really, really good. good makeup art. I don't, really know who did, good. I don't know who did it, but it's really We'll find really that out stuff. in a minute as well. But, yeah. But he, he has to relive the moment where his wife committed suicide in the bathtub, She's and then, got no eyes either, she? And that's right. And then she's like, you know, I've got, basically says like, like Pinhead, I've got so much to show you. And she makes him gouge his eyes out and that's when he goes Hellraiser. mad. Hellraiser. Have you seen that before? I don't think I have. Honestly, I'm interested I don't. to and see I, what you I think, think it, about it. Yeah. I don't know how I've sort of never got it. I, I mean, it's been on before and I've seen bits from it. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell you anything like concrete about it from start to finish. And it's one of those franchises that like, it feels like one where if you didn't know, you'd probably say, oh, yeah, Ant loves Hellraiser. <laughs> like, I would just, have, I would have assumed you yeah, were well into it, yeah. It's, it's up my street. And I, I love those long-running, like, 80s, like, horror stuff as well, like, where you, you can sort of just go on the journey with it, no matter how bad it gets, and just, like, sort of see how it changed and evolved and stuff. So I, I, I might just sit down and watch it all them. It does take some, some uh, it does go up and down, should we say? Oh, that yeah, one? yeah, but, I imagine um, it does, yeah. I'd be interested to see what you think about uh, Hellraiser because there are some. I, I, a, I don't mind Hellraiser. Craft thing as well, isn't it's, it? Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Um, I don't mind Hellraiser the first one. I have seen all of them, but I because I had the um, the box set of the uh, what's it called the Lamic configuration box yeah. set of them, but I haven't but seen the other like ones like so long. When there's that many like that, like where again they do go up and down. So it's like Friday Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. uh, Halloween, Halloween, all this stuff. It doesn't really matter if there are shit ones in there. It's just kind of fun to just go through them, isn't it? I like it. It's like the Resi films. Like, again, as much as they were thinking, we had so much fun watching through them because it's just... It's fun to talk about all the it's different just, ones and which ones yeah. you like more and less. And well, like, like I mentioned last week of Nightmare on Elm Street, is that the films aren't great, but I like it when they connect to each other. And I know yeah. sort of yeah. Friday doesn't always do that, and Halloween kind of doesn't really do that either, but Hellraiser does to a point. They do sort of weave with into one another. So you do feel like you're watching yeah. a continuous thing rather than a collection of anthology films, essentially. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, watch it. And we, we'll, we can speak about some Hellraiser as well. Let's do it. Looking at the IMDb. You know what does make me want to buy it as well is, obviously I've got all these NECA figures. I've got all these horror NECA figures next to me here on the shelf. And it, there's a really good pinhead figure. But, I, but you know what I'm like? I can't buy that in good conscience without actually having seen them and liked them i can't i'm not one of those guys like i'm like i always see like the dragon ball figures in the shop and i'm like god they look fucking cool i've never seen dragon balls i'm not gonna buy them pinhead's cool mate doug bradley he's the boss um that's the first figure i've said this on uh i think i've said in this show i certainly said it on death by pod but when i was a kid i used to go we used to go to a place called guildford and there was a model shop there my dad makes model like uh, models and aircraft and things like that and in, in the corner they'd have like a very small section for like film models. And one of them was Pinhead. So mm. ever, since, ever since I was a kid, I remember always seeing this model of Pinhead and I'd never seen the film. I was only like six or seven yeah, or eight, yeah. but Harold Razor, like the, 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 the poster and Pinhead holding the configuration has always stuck with me. That's one of my first horror memories yeah. without even seeing the film was just this model of this guy with pins. That's sticking what out I mean. Head. I've got it. I've got scenes from it stuck in my head of him, like obviously, like stood there and he's, he's holding like the gold thingy in his hand and like the fog behind him and stuff like that. But I just, it's just been on before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even when I was probably like way younger, it's just been on, and I've just not, I've just not 
watched it all the way through. But again, if you watch something that long ago, watching it again as like an adult is like it basically is it watching it for the first time anyway, yeah, isn't exactly. it? So I may as well. Yeah, do, do check it out. I'd like, so I'd love, love to know what you think about it, as I always am anyway. But we, we've got the aesthetic of it and the fact that it's an 80s horror. It's classic. Yeah. It's interested to see if it's if it it's a big, big, big um, heights for you. Yeah, it's a big one that like a big one that I'm missing off my list. Yeah, you might think it's cack, or you may think it's the best. <laughs> That's what I'm excited for. So, uh, what else we got? Oh yeah, oh yeah, DJ Jason Isaacs, what an idiot. It basically. He's the whole plot that everything's gone to shit. Basically, you know, Justin's mm. Justin's been almost thrown himself out of the airlock. People are having hallucinations and like trying not to die. And Jason Isaac's character goes up to uh, what's his name, Lawrence Fishburne, and says, "I wasn't I wasn't going to tell you this, but I made a mistake with the translation. What I thought it was is <laughs> actually a hundred times worse." Lol. Yeah, he's like, "I wasn't going to tell you. Actually, what I told is a lie, and I just everything that's happening was is happening for a reason. I, I just withheld that yeah. for you until it was too late." I, thought, I didn't again. I don't expect to go in and be like, "Oh, this is well written," but <laughs> I was like, yeah, Come on. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there is that, bits where it's a bit too glaring, though, isn't it? Like you said, yeah, that that did make that bit did make me laugh. Um, trying to think what else. Um, I liked what was it. Uh, I'm just looking through my notes here. The end was fine, like the f- the fight at the end in the court. The, the end, the end's the weakest bit for me. Which part? It, like of you it? said, it's fine. It does. It's not like bad. It doesn't ruin anything. I like it's the just bit like, in the core, the actual that very bit yeah. in the core, the bit before where they're fighting on the brig and Sam Neil blows the window into yeah. space. I was like, I'm going to do about that, but yeah, like because what what are the rules of space in this? Because the other guy goes out for, like for a split second in that doorway and it basically fucks him yep. completely. Well, Sam Neill goes out and, and I, I don't understand, right? The vacuum of space doesn't work like where, Oh, you're just still inside the ship. So the, the air won't affect you. The zero gravity work. Like it would still just absolutely turn you inside out. You. Even if you were on the ship, if there was a whole, Alien Resurrection did it right, and I can't believe I'm saying that for the first time oh, ever. You've done it. That, that hole is yep. the size of like a like a pea, yep. and it fucking look what it did to the alien. It like, just sucks that bad boy out. But yeah, and and remember they're in the orbit of Neptune as well, which isn't exactly hospitable. And that hole that they put in the Event Horizon is massive. It blows the window out. Yeah, it's like a massive window goes out, and like you, just, they just. They they would turn inside out instantly, wouldn't they? No, yeah, exactly. And, but like, and I wouldn't mind if they had established like, oh, we're going to play a bit fast and loose with the laws of like the, the vacuum of space. But they do show that scene before, and he, what's his face, spends a split second in there, Justin. doesn't he? Yeah, and he's it's, just comes back in, and he's just what would have done. been a great way for Cooper to go out. The the uh, dude who played Comic Relief, which again is in itself as a stereotype. Um, we got one black character; he's the Comic Relief. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, if they want to play that. Have him, have him finally come. Who guess who's back, motherfucker? He gets on ship, and then the airlock, and then the window opens, and it show that he gets immediately turned inside out. So it's kind of like, oh, for fuck's sake, I come yeah. straight back, and then I get <clears throat> turned inside out. Oh yeah, because he gets it as well, doesn't he? He gets an arrow through the eye, and I was like, oh, he's gone, and then he shows up on the ship. Shows up at the end, and then he's fine, and then he ADRs his lines in, and he's fine. Yeah, I wonder what that's about. Because does he show up again before? So between him getting his helmet, like an arrow through the front of his helmet and showing up at the end does he has he got a scene I don't know <laughs> I think he just gets blasted out into space and comes back I don't know where he goes because that, that's maybe that 40 minutes that's it <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
It's just him trying to get back to the ship. Release the PWS cut. That's it. Release the Cooper cut. Because that's right. Because they're like, oh my god, it's the airlock. I can't take it. it might be weird. Let's kill him. And then yeah. Cooper just stumbles in. As in, like, where did where's where have you been, mate? Um, mm. Yeah, that's a bit dark, isn't it? But uh, the fight between Larry Fishburne and Sam Neill, with hey, the fight, it is a fight, yeah, in the yeah. core. I like, I like that. I don't mind that when when it's Sam Neill was saying like, "Do you see?" and he's showing Do him you the see yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean. Sam Neill has got that kind of. He's got that sta- theatrical staginess to be able to sell these kind of camp lines without overdoing it. Sam Neill, I don't know about you, mate, but if, if, if for so long, all I ever associated him with was um, Jurassic Park. Yeah. That was it. And, that's and like, now he's that's more... weird for him to do a big old film like that. Almost. Yeah. Now, in, in recent years, obviously, re-watching that, and, and watching for the first time stuff like Possession and stuff like that, yeah. he's... A different guy in my head now. It's almost weirder seeing him. Like when I first saw him in possession, I was like, that's weird. The Jurassic Park guy showing up in this. <laughs> now it's weird watching him in Jurassic Park, like you said. Like the dude does weird shit. He did in, in the Moment mouth of Three. madness with Carpenter, which is like the fucking one of the weirdest films you'll ever see. <laughs> Tent, it's like old lady receptionist, tentacle monster woman, and a cult, and, and all in this the cinema stuff. chomping on his popcorn. Yeah, and like then you get obviously possession, which is easily. The most fucked film I've ever seen. <laughs> and Sam no, is just looking been, beefy in it. He's just going I've for it. I've never been made to feel more weird by a film or a performance from both of the uh, Isabella Shani and the Sam Neill in that. Like, there's obviously worse stuff, maybe gross out stuff, but this has got two like established actors in it, and by like a director that like people revere. It's just and bruising, it's just the it? weirdest film you'll ever see. It's a bruising film. He's in the Omen Three, as I mentioned. He's he's the Omen Three adult as well. Damien, which he. He won't talk about. It. He can't. He won't. Every time somebody asks him, he's like, "Oh my god, that that, that piece of shit." But yeah. I don't mind Omen Three. I think it's that bad. Um, but it was early in his career, so I think he's just a bit embarrassed of his hair. It is just like there was four, and he did um, memoirs of, of an invisible man with Carpenter as well. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, in Peaky Blinders recently. Um, so he does. A few, he, he's very versatile. I don't think he, we yeah. mentioned this on the Possession episode, and um, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Look, Sam Neill should be the most." decorated award-winning actor of all time i think he's a great actor but i don't think he really gets spoken about enough as a good actor no no he doesn't know but that like 80s 90s run it's just so strange and that is what defines him to me more than more than jurassic park jurassic park one of my favorite films ever but it's just like <laughs> it's just it's just so weird that, that, that those were the bunch of roles that he was in it's like that's yeah. you've, you've got a memoirs of invisible man then you've got jurassic park the next year and the piano he was very good in that plus a film called sirens lol um <laughs> the next year you've got in the in the mouth of madness and then it goes to event horizon like a year later almost and bicentennial man uh jurassic park three um d- we'll uh, probably talk about it at some point but if you haven't seen him uh, in the mouth of madness and and you like carpenter's films and stuff and Especially if you're like a Stephen King fan, there's mm, yeah. oh, oh, it's such a good film. You yeah. gotta, you gotta see Shot that. Like, that's, in it. that's one of the ones where obviously people talk about like Carpenter's career dipping, and, so, and I'm sure we'll do an episode covering this at some point. Sure but people talk about Carpenter's career dipping after like that '80s run. But I think like so, Prince of Darkness is in that '80s run of like amazing films that they talk about. I think In the Mouth of Madness is better than Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a hot take on Car- with Carpenter fans or not. I, obviously, he's my like favorite director. Watch but those two films, I think. I think I'll just watch them. Should I? And uh, and that'd be the judge on that as well. I've yeah, seen them, but, like, but I, I can't I think remember the comparisons. In the Mouth of Madness has got 
I, again, I, I like, I really like uh, Prince of Darkness, but I think In the Mass of Madness is a better film for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because it is detached from that sort of run. And Prince of Darkness is in there. Like, I think if you swap them, I think people might say, oh, well, Prince of Darkness is like when he was when he was on the downhill sort of thing. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just because it's sandwiched in between uh, all the, like, They Live and Halloween and all the other stuff that he did that that one gets as much credit as it does. Well, here's one for you, mate. Um, Sam Neill also starred in a film which was, uh, I don't say directed, produced by Zhao Havalange, who was the, one of the longest-running presidents of FIFA, all about the origins of FIFA. Is that new? No, it's uh, 2014. It's called United Passion. Tim Roth. Oh, in that's it. what I mean, newish. It's, oh, not, new-ish, like, it's yeah. not like from back then. No, no Tim Roth is Set Blatter. Uh, Sam Neill was Zhao Havalange, and you've got uh, other people who are in it: uh, Thomas Kretschmann, uh, Gerard Depardieu. Is Jules Jules Ramey. It's really odd. It's about, it's about like the, from how FIFA started to the corruption of like 2014 and that. And apparently, wow. it's one of the worst films of all time. It's literally been called that. But oh, he was he enough. was he played a FIFA bigwig. But um, yeah, he's got football a really good and like films and stuff. They don't they don't jive well. And footballers and film. Why I read the other day, I was telling uh, Bespin about it. Rio Ferdinand and Ashley Cole wrote a film. Oh. That Fifty Cent was in no. in like the late two thousands, like a gangster film. No, <laughs> what was it called? Let me just Google it. I had to Google it before because I, I couldn't remember. I can uh, only imagine. I'm literally going to type in Rio called. Ferdinand, Ashley Cole film. It's going to be cool, like Gangster Goal or something like that. Dead Man Running, 2009, 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Nick is an ex-con who owes Tigo, a drug lord, 10 million. Is, he, he, must, he must recruit his friend for a multi-part mission to obtain the money after Tigo gives him 24 hours to pay it back. Tigo? Yeah. What a crap, <laughs> basically. Um, that United Passions one I've just sent to you, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Naught percent. They're saying Rio Ferdinand and Ashley Cole have written a better film than this. Oh my god, the cover looks unreal. <laughs> that first picture looks just unbelievable. It looks like something that we'd do, isn't it? It's like look, we could do a graphic better than that. Yeah, that is just unreal. Naught so, yeah, percent. Uh, United Passions. I'm, I don't think I'm going to put that in the wheel of uh, wheel of pain no, for NPM. No, 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 no. We'll spare us that. Or Dead Man Running. They're both not going anywhere near no, NPM. Exactly. If they do, we ain't doing it. Um, Event Horizon. Where were we? Sam Neil. Yeah, I really like that in fight with the Do You See and um, and him showing the visions of his the crew being tortured. The makeup yeah. looks great. Sam Neil acts acts it really well. The setting's really good. So there's a lot about this film which I do like. A lot of it is the visuals, and I like the characters. I can't remember their names. North. I think it's the, I think it is the cast though that does land it a bit more thingy, doesn't Ooh. it? If this was a bunch of nobodies, I think well, it Catherine might be a bit Qu- Quinlan's. Uh, I believe she she was a nominator for an Oscar. Larry Florence Fishburne certainly was. Sam Neil was a trained thespian. So there are some. There's good, and Jolie Richardson's a very good actress in her own right. So there's yeah. a good quality cast here, and to be and also. Yes, I can't. And Jason Isaacs, I can't always remember the names of the characters here because you know we never can though. Can we, we never mate? can, but it, it's not that kind of film. I don't think. But none of the no, characters this, here. If, if this had. was somebody's like, I, I bet if you ask the Horn, he could tell you. He could tell you most of this crew. Oh yeah, he, he probably he probably got posters on one as well. Um, 
he loves he loves Cooper and he probably likes Peters as well. Yep, and he's yeah. he certainly likes um, Jeremy Richardson stock. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I um I don't think any of the characters are bad. Cooper is the, the ultimate stereotype. But it's like it's like with Aliens. Obviously, is the best example. And but you do remember those, don't you? Hicks, Hudson, yeah. Vasquez, all Hudson. The, like you remember those. But yeah. these you, are just not and, as and it's the same. Like, those characters are, are bigger than the characters here. But I didn't look at any of the characters and think, you know, I don't. I don't find you unremarkable because you're boring. They, well, there's a they lot just of feel like people that, doing their job. Like, I think these characters are better than the characters in, say, like, Alien Covenant, which there's is obviously in the same series. Well, these, and, these guys feel more real. I know it sounds yeah. silly to say, other than Cooper. Um, they're just more entertaining. Than they're, like, yeah, they're more watchable. They're less, whereas Covenant does go for that kind of... It go, tries too hard to be alien, where it's too brooding and the cut and getting yeah, it's all up its be, own ass, but it's yeah. not as good as it thinks it is. Is it no. like this is more schlock? It's more a lot like in the same way everybody in that early eighties period, just after Halloween, was just making slashes left, right, and centre. Yeah, low I think, budget slashes, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people saw aliens and went, "Yep, we want Marines in space too. Yeah. We want a crew in space. And Let's just have yeah, it. Let's do the banter." You know the one I'm thinking of. Can't think Starship of Starship Troopers. Troopers. That's it. That's the only one I've done it. Really, that's the one I really, really enjoyed. There are others oh, like yeah. this, but God, Starship Troopers, man. Starship Troopers is the tits, isn't it? Exactly, mate. <laughs> Starship <laughs> so Troopers is good. great. That is also spoiler. That is on the wheel of pain as well. Oh yeah, yeah. the wheel that of the wheel of the wheel of beef. But that is a different. This takes itself. Starship Troopers is a satirical sort of thing that's poking fun at itself in a way and like kind of like Robocop the way it's painted in America and stuff like that. This mm. is pretty much played straight, isn't it? Apart from that one bit, which I think is like my favorite line is it, we're leaving. <laughs> we're leaving. That's it. Uh, another one I like as well is, um, is, um, you just get your gear and get back on the Lewis and Clark doctor or you find yourself walking, walking yeah. home. And he goes, I am home. And it disappears into I the shadows. Like, yeah. yeah, she won't leave. You guess it, you can't leave. She won't let you. It's like, this, yeah. is, this is great. This is great. Um, He's lost it by that point. It's, no, exactly. But, and, but then, then he kind of goes back into himself a little bit and then he reverts back again. He kind of goes back and forth and I, I really like it. But yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's character gets the best lines and he, he's, he, he seems to be having a bit of fun, like pre-Morpheus here. <laughs> yeah. And he was in a Nightmare on Elm Street three i think as well so he's got a he's got a career of being in you know a lot of strange horror films yeah he's not just morpheus no 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 mm. <laughs> mm. i'm necking back my uh it's got caffeine gua- guarana ginseng taurine and then it's got like b vitamins to pretend it's got vitamins in it Did you, it's, it's, let me just google this like taurine or taurine yeah. what, what actually is it yeah Mm-mm. Yeah, it tastes nice though. It sorted me out. Apparently, it uh, so contributes to the reduction of tiredness and fatigue. Is an organic compound that is widely distributed in animal tissues. It is a major constituent of bile and can be found in a large intestine. Oh, it accounts for zero point one percent of total human weight. Excellent. It's basically, I'm drinking something's gut. Taurine was originally isolated bull semen. <sighs> <sighs> No wonder I'm ready to go and jump through a wall. But it is now produced synthetically. The compound is an amino sulfonic acid. It's widely distributed. <laughs> that's, that's reassuring to know that I'm not just drinking like cow cowgies. <laughs> Very good to know. <laughs> 
what has this show become? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, oh, God. Bison, right, Event Horizon, anyway, we quite liked it. Yes. So don't go into it expecting a sci-fi epic or a great or anything. It's it's more of a horror film than it is a sci-fi film, really. It's a horror film in a sci-fi setting. It is mm-hmm. sort of that... It's not The Shining in space in the sense it's as good as The Shining, but it is that sort of thing where it's no. like... It, it, it's people losing their minds. If you if you enjoy that concept, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, you'll you'll probably enjoy this. Um, give it a go, yep. yeah. And if and if you like, if and if you have the same kind of sensibilities that we do when it comes to film, you'll probably enjoy it. A lot of people might say this film is crap, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is, but I enjoyed watching it. I didn't think it was rubbish. Same watching mate, yeah. it. And we're not the type to sort of. If we don't like something on the show, we do straight up. We'll just tell you. Oh, guys I think after thirty-seven episodes now, we've yeah, established like, that. If, if, yeah. Even if it goes against the grain, we you know if we don't like it, we don't like it. But yeah, exactly. I yeah. Uh, did I enjoy Event Horizon? Yeah, I did. I had a really good yeah. time of it. It's and I don't need to sit here and say, but it wasn't a good film. Don't care about that. No, I had a good time no. watching it, and that's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a fun time. It's a breeze as well. Like Matt and I mentioned with the length of it as well, it's, it really does just breeze past. Um, yeah, give it give it a watch. Let us know what you think. We we'll kind of treat this as like a. We should maybe put it out earlier what we're watching and let other people watch it so they can kind of react with us, sort of thing. You know, instead of springing it on them as a surprise. Yeah, we'll do maybe that. We'll try that. We'll do that, and then you can what, and you can. You can watch along MPM with us. Book almost. club. That's it. Yeah, book club. Um, also, go, yeah, yeah, just. We'll we'll start chucking them out early so you guys can get on them early and rewatch them if you've got time. Yeah, if you don't, that's fine too. Because you you've probably already Thanks. seen them. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what we're doing next week. We've got a couple of good ideas for next week, so maybe oh, yeah. you'll know. Maybe by listening to this, you'll already know what it is. But um, do you know what? I've been grinding my gears this week, mate. Go on, mate. I was when I go on YouTube and for, and for some reason these things are recommended, and I've got no itch, intent on watching any of them. It's the videos where. No. Uh, some of the words are in capital letters and it annoys me, but it's therapist reacts to Kylo Ren. Archaeologists react to the mummy. I don't give a psychiatrist breaks down Joker. What, yeah. what, what, people are actually sitting there wasting their lives making these videos. I don't care what an archaeologist thinks to the mummy because it's the mummy. Yeah. I haven't watched I don't know what if, if that I'm assuming they've got to be tongue in cheek, but I really hope they are like, therapist reacts to Kylo Ren. <laughs> what, slicing up the control panel with his lightsaber? What does that say yeah. about him? Yeah. I don't think like you said, I don't think we need to know that, do we? Yeah, no, it's just uh, just things like that annoy me. A couple therapist explains iconic film relationships. What event planner breaks down luxury party scenes from movies. Piss off. <laughs> Right. One million views. A million people have watched that. Therapist reacts to ADHD and Elf. I mean, I am I am with you, mate, but we're on a podcast that gets like hundreds of listeners and we're talking about bull sperm. So yes, worst yes, things yes, can happen yes. on the internet. Bison bull drizzle. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, I suppose, I mean, I'd rather listen to us talking about that than um, oh, yeah. Therapist yeah, reacts that. to Gilderoy Lockhart. So... Um, what else have you been up to this week then mate have you been watching much playing much anything mate as we know the bad batch dropped on disney plus oh shit it? 70 yeah. minutes of the bad batch star wars day on tuesday nothing uh, as well as i expected no no big news came out of it because the big news was the bad batch but um yeah. what did you think about it mate i believe you're quite up on it yeah man i really liked it what did we ask for the week before we asked for another 
perspective mm -hmm. on order 66 execute order 66 and then we got that and it was really good and Straight we got off the bat spoilers if you haven't watched bad batch surely you've watched the bad batch but if you haven't spoilers we get old caleb doom shows up yep. as a little kid and i think those scenes are really well done between crosshair uh hunter and mm. caleb uh establish it because i was a bit worried when it first started i was like but wait he hates Jedi when they show yeah. up in Rebels, so I don't want him to be friends with this Bad Batch crew. Clones, yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah, oh yeah, sorry, he hates clones, yeah. Um, and they hate Jedi, obviously, Rex and Co, blah, blah, blah. And it's like really well done. Mm -hmm. The way he sort of, it doesn't paint Hunter as a bad guy, but you perfectly understand why Kanan thinks that he's going to get killed by him. And you get some, I don't know when I spoke about it with you before, but that season seven animation is so, so good. I thought I was a bit bored of this animation style after no. Clone Wars and Rebels, but then season seven of the Clone Wars came out and I was like, this looks absolutely gorgeous. It looks like everything's like kind of made out of like wood. It's like carved. It, it is carved. I, I watched something the other day where they were talking about it and they were saying that in, in the scenes, the Order 66 scenes on Kala, when they were in the snow and the Bad Batch have their helmets on, just, just watching it, your mind immediately think, your mind is tricked into thinking, well, this looks real because the animation is so good like on the on the snow the texture of that and the trees and everything yeah. that and it does obviously when i take their helmets off it you know you can tell it's animated but when they've yeah. got their helmets on and the, and it's just them walking through the snow you could believe you could believe that you're watching a you know people in a suit to a yeah. point and it's really really good yeah yeah i like that it's freddie prince jr came back and <laughs> put on a funny voice but um, yeah the second time i watched it is a lot more noticeable yeah, well, it was to me, and I, I sort of thought, well, he just doesn't change his voice at all. <laughs> really he didn't do deep. anything different with his voice, did he? Like, I thought they were going to put on, on the recap. I did. I thought I said may, maybe they did what you know what they pulled of Mark Hamill in The Mandalorian. They uh, they adjusted the tone and pitch of his voice. Yeah, but no, I don't. I don't know if they did or they, or they no, didn't. Or Freddie Prince Jr. Like just put on a funny voice. But yeah. hey, it's it's fine. I didn't mind his voice, but uh, yeah, I liked the opening scenes and the like, the. The like the horrifying like blood curdling scream of Depa Balaba being gunned down was oh, yeah. what a way to start. That was brutal. I was mm. really really brutal, wasn't it? And then the Jedi's body with and then the hand falling out of the lightsaber um, on Kamino. It was like man, they they. It's not again. It's not. It people say is it for kids? Yeah, it's rated for six and over. But there are some. There are those kind of hints that for. Um, the older fans like us, like oh, that's the other side of Order sixty six. Is what? Yeah. You know, what, what are they yeah. going to do with that body? Where's, where's that going? That was that was grim. And what, one criticism of the show is like you've got that, and that's like really grim. And they, they're pushing this, like you say, dead Jedi body past on a thing. And then you've also got like Wrecker just shouting the whole way through it. <laughs> I didn't mind. Like, him you've as got much. like you've got like them pushing it past. He's like, I love blowing things up. Like <laughs> and just like yeah, oh, got that on, right. You got that right. That like, bit made just, me laugh though. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, do you know what I said about him with, with Wrecker? Because I don't even, I don't mind him that much. I think, I think he's fine. It's just the other characters don't seem to react to him. You know, like if he was doing it and they were all like, all right, Wrecker, like, let's just calm down. Calm we got down, mission hey, to focus. They don't say anything. Like, no matter how many times he sort of just, like, they're in the middle of that training sequence. in his face. They, they thought, oh, God. So Crosshair and Hunter are having this really tense, like, thingy. <laughs> and he just starts going, <laughs> and like hitting. Crosshair in the face with a teddy bear. <laughs> like, you also get, like, obviously he's in there for kids. 
is mm. you get that scene when they're in the training thing and Tarkin's watching them, and they're all like uh, behind cover, and it looks like it's all like drilled as to what they're going to do. And he goes, oh, "I'm bored," and runs in and gets shot. Oh, no. <laughs> and then <laughs> when they're fighting Crosshair at the end, he basically does the same thing again and gets shot again. <laughs> like, and again, I don't mind that, but. Th- they need to have the rest of the crew reacting, going, Racky, you need to just chill out because you're just going to get killed. It just keeps getting shot, which is great. But, yeah. Um, what this episode did for me, my main take, I thought it was solid. Second watch, Same. enjoyed it I a lot thought, more. What it I did, thought it was really good. For people who haven't seen Reb, The Clone Wars and all that, this episode it had to go back and re-explain, you know, Order 66, the state of the galaxy. They had to reintroduce the Bad Batch, all of their unique skills and talents, so this, so this for me, this was seventy minutes long, so they could get rid of that exposition dump, and then. But what it has done is for the next fifteen episodes, I'm now excited because we don't need to have that. We don't need to be have it all explained to us again. We now yeah. know where we are. Everyone who's coming on board for this episode and nothing. I've seen close. a lot of people who said I haven't seen Rebels, I haven't seen Clone Wars. I chucked Bad Batch on and I really enjoyed it, which exactly. is good. And that's exactly that's what, what it needed to do. It had to bring them in, and it did. So for the people like me or you or Bespin or whoever who already know about this stuff. Some of it, the first time watching it was like, I already know this. Like, come on, let's, let's get this plot moving. But then when we meet a little Omega, who I think is great. And, and at the, towards the end of the episode, it opens up and now it's be- going to become its own thing. Mm. So what are your theories on Omega? Um, I first speculated that on the first watch that she might have like, uh, she might be able to see into the future or read people's minds or emotions. Cause she, basically predicts to cross here what he's about to do. But then obviously that then makes the point of, well, surely that's false sensitivity. So, but then I get worried about that because. So she's a clone. Isn't that she? feels too she's, obvious. She is a clone. Yeah. She's an enhanced. She's the fifth member of the bad batch. Yeah. That's what they and say. Like, yeah. yeah they're, they're all reacting obviously because they call in like a weirdo, aren't they? Basically just because she's a child who is a clone. Yeah. Like um, a, a girl who's a clone. Sorry. Um, I wonder what else they're going to do with that sort of thing. Because she's wearing, I, I don't know if this has anything to read into at all, but she's wearing the exact same stuff as the Camino and people. She's wearing the exact same yeah, the headdress, pops, yeah. the shoulders, like the red shoulder patch things. Like, I don't know. I don't, th- I, I don't know if that's just because that's, they sort of take pride in the Bad Batch, don't they? They seem like when they're talking to talking about the Bad Batch, they seem quite proud of them. Mm-hmm. And you do get to see that other sort of side of the Bad Batch where, uh, not the Bad Batch, the Camino people, where they do really take pride in the clones. Like, they they oh, save yeah. the Bad Batch from uh, the Empire at the end, don't they? And Crosshair as well, yeah. basically. Yeah, I... My they, f- they open the door, don't they? They override things so that they can escape. It. Watching it the first time, I thought that Omega was a mix of all of them. Because she takes out Crosshair, she snipes the bastard. She's She's got, like, Wreck Hunter's attuned senses. She's got... Data's or whatever his name is, Tech's um, um, like mind. She's very intelligent. Um, I mentioned the best being yesterday. If in the next episode she sudden, suddenly shows like a a moment of like uh, exaggerated strength, then she's basically. If in the next episode she just runs in and goes, oh, "I love blowing things up." <laughs> Can you imagine? If the next episode she walks in front of a robot and gets shot, then she's wreckers. <laughs> yeah, but so I th- I thought maybe she's like a bit of all of them, but having a force sensitive sometimes the most obvious answer is the right one and i think i yeah. think that's what she's gonna be because there's be. also there was all sorts of theories before the show came out she was like satine and obi-wan's kid and all this no. and 
No, it's not that. It was great to see. I, well, Camino, um, I went on to uh, a friend of the show, Shannon, when, as you did. I went on to a postcard show, and I spoke about Camino because um, I love that planet. It's something about that planet I love. So I loved going back there and seeing... That legendary Obi-Wan Django fight. Yeah, oh, mate. The, that fist fight there is great. Um, and finally, the question that I wanted to see in canon is, you know, what happens to all these clones you know what does the empire do with them well, we're going to get that answered so it was cool yeah. to see that and how much the Kaminoans were like no we've we've got a contract and Kataka's like <laughs> that was with the republic not around yeah. anymore and like with her they're playing fast and loose so, so that's interesting i'm looking forward to I, that i like seeing that they they're proud and care about their clones as well the Camino people like yeah. you don't really get that in the prequels you don't you don't know if they're just like well you paid us to do this we don't give a shit anymore yeah, they These do feel a bit aloof Fuck don't it. they yeah, and I'm just like, interested and it, to what they do with Camino. I'm just glad that they haven't forgotten that it exists. Yeah, they do care about. Uh, well, at least one of them does care about the clones. It cares about yeah. their well-being beyond. Yeah. Well, we just get money for them. So is um, is Crosshair going to be the villain of this of this season at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be great. It's going to build up the Hunter have a versus thing, like, Crosshair towards the end, where like they destroys inhibitorship or whatever and he's fine again because it's not actually oh. him is it none of this is his choice i don't want that to happen mate though I, like, I, it he's not do. actually you know will, doing any of this is he it is all his inhibitor chip yeah his chip is he's the only one who's got any kind of effect being affected by it but i yeah. quite like the idea when of they say it's only half back. working like at the start don't they? and then Tarkin obviously gets it repaired and that's what pushed yeah. him over the edge but right. question for you then mate so we've only had one episode what what, what happens in the end how 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 is this whole thing going to end after season? However many we've had, how are they, are they all going to die? Are they going to live? What what's what's happening here? No idea. No. Absolutely no idea, mate. I hope the Republic Commando show up though. Oh, mate, is this the perfect place to start them off and then and then relaunch yeah. the game? Yep. Get get the Republic Commandos out. I don't know how it works with them. Maybe they don't. You can just explain it straight. Oh, maybe they don't. They don't have like inhibitor chips in them. Mm-hmm. It would explain like in the game they've all got like different. Like vo- they were basically the original Bad Batch. They all yeah. had different voices, different personalities, all this stuff, and like, um, yeah, I'd love for them to show up. And uh, thingy, Wreck uh, is using a DC. I think it's a DC seventeen. The rifle. Let me just double check. So nerds don't shout at me. <laughs> no, DC seventeen is the pistol. It's a DC fifteen. I think. Come on, you nerd. Yes, it's a. No, it's not a DC. 15. Whatever they use, Republic. Commando, Commando gun. gun. It's a... It is a DC-17. You were right, no. mate. I was right, yeah. It's a DC-17M. It's an interchangeable one. Because obviously in the game, you don't have different guns. You just switch the attachments that are on your gun, mm-hmm. which is cool. So you can yeah. switch it to like a, a grenade mode, sniper mode, pistol mode, or whatever. But, yes. Yeah. Um, that's what Wrecker's using. Um got a really satisfying sound to that gun but yeah. yeah i really enjoy the bad batch mate i'm really excited for it we get the next episode tomorrow don't we uh christ yeah, it's, yeah, it is tomorrow bloody hell yeah bloody Beth hell. really enjoyed it as well and she can't stand the clone wars i was so. actually that was what i was meant to ask actually because um yeah. it's i for so for a show like this this seems like guaranteed to please the the fans so like the people who have been yeah. there throughout clone wars and like the anime this is made for them but it's the people who aren't as into it what I tried to get so. Beth to watch Clone Wars, but obviously the, I've, I've been on record. Those first two seasons are really hard to get yeah, through. I think. They're hard man, work. Yeah. And she kind of watched that and she was like, I'm not watching this. It's crap. So I just ended up watching it all on my own, mm-hmm. rewatching it all on my own. Sorry, I was going to watch it with her in the first place. But I said, do you want to watch Bad Batch? And she kind of looked at it and went, mm. and she, I think she got those 
that Clone Wars PTSD. And she was like, mm, no, no about this. And then uh, watched it, and like halfway through it, I was just like, are you liking it? Are you liking it? She was like, yeah, I'm really liking this. I was like, yes. You know, it's so going to be it makes a, it a lot more focused. Anybody who's obviously in a relationship knows it is a lot easier to watch TV shows if your partner's watching it too, so you can go downstairs and chuck it on and like watch it together. Yep. You're a lucky man, my friend. Um, it's the reason I still, because Beth's not really into Invincible. Oh, uh, I've still not, I've still not watched the finale of Invincible. No, I won't say anything then. I have because to Because obviously if I'm upstairs in like the office, I'm either streaming, making a podcast or playing a game. When I go downstairs to watch something, I'm with Beth. Mm-hmm. So I don't just put stuff on that she's not going to watch. You know what course, I mean? yeah. Unless it's like, obviously last night she watched Event Horizon with me. She quite, she quite liked it. Um, nice. Again, it's like it's not going to be anybody's sort of favorite film, is it? But um, yeah, I'm not just going to go down there and be like, right, I'm watching Invincible. <laughs> yeah, do if you don't, if you don't like it or lump it. No, Ant's, Ant's a nice guy. He doesn't do that. Yeah. No, I, I have seen Invincible, and I won't say anything about it other than yeah, it's obviously it's very good. They've renewed right. it for two more seasons now, so we've got we're getting a season two and a season three, guaranteed confirmed. I need. I'm, I'm one episode behind, or I'm two episodes behind. I can't remember now. I watched another. I, wa- I was I was I was two episodes behind as it turned out. Well, I hadn't watched right, episode I might six, be two behind, so I watched six, seven, and then eight. And right, um, I don't need to tell you that. Yes, you're gonna you're gonna very much enjoy it, mate. Right. Well, I'll get those sorted, and then we can talk about it next week at the end of the show. Sweet. It's and uh, other than that, mate, I, I haven't watched anything other than I watched Without Remorse to cover on the Bamp and the Tom Clancy film, and it was was it as shit, shit as it looked? Yep. It is as every bit as generic cardboard vanilla and just it cack as it sounds. Like, I said this, these like military Tom Clancy or like Jack Ryan and yep. Jack Reacher and all it's all shit. It is like, everything you imagine it'll be. It is that And I imagine those books are good, like if that's what you're into and stuff, but like they all just look the same. Every that, single one of them looks the same. It, mate. And that's that that is that was my review is if you a film yeah, a film doesn't need to have something original every time, but this is just this is just like cardboard cutout of that generic action film and that one over yeah. there just, they've just changed the name and it's, it's just no true pat- lies it's just no it's not true lies is it mate definitely ain't no true lies no. um the the big not, joke not is arnie riding a horse through a uh, on rooftops through a elevator <laughs> action film that's what you want shooting down helicopters with bazookas yeah the the big the joke in the film world is that you know with remorse i had to sit down and watch this piece of crap yeah so it was easy to make and everyone's made it so i'm not going to though i just have um (laughs) other than that mate i genuinely haven't really been watching anything else other than yeah i watched the biome star wars biomes and the vehicle fly throughs same i watched that as well that was nice and chill great um other than that mate no i haven't i've been really um off kilter i've been really off edge and i'm watching i've been playing Terminator Resistance. Yes! Uh, I spoke about this a while back anyway because I'd played it, but uh, I'd sort of just like left it behind. But uh, I enjoyed what I played. I played like the first couple of hours, but then they've done a PS5 update now. So I've been playing that. And oh boy, if you're a Terminator fan, basically this is a Far Cry game. It's not as big a world as Far Cry. You don't get this massive island to explore, <laughs> but there's a mini hub world. So like cool. I've just been sent to like Pasadena. And you really do feel that like, and I ask for it every single time, this is all I ever asked for, is the future war with the Resistance. It's yeah. what we see at the very start of the first Terminator film. Michael Bean and the crew are running through this rubble and there's just T-800s. And there's the, like, people. Yeah, and there's the, the obviously, airships and all this is going through and you're hearing all this, that legendary, like, like that, the noise from the guns and stuff from the plasma rifles. And it's that game. 
you are a member of the resistance, uh, Jacob Rivers. You're just a dude in the resistance who Skynet have targeted all the best military people or people that they know, obviously from the future, they know which people win the war for them. Yep. Jacob Rivers alongside, there's a, there's a lady called Baron, uh, and obviously John Connor are the three most targeted people. Mm-hmm. So you're working for Baron. I haven't met John yet. I'm assuming I'm going to meet him soon. Um, and yeah, she basically pulls you in and she says, look, I don't know why you're just a rookie, but Skynet have got you as one of their number one targets. Uh, so we need to protect you. So then you're going out on missions and you get like little things you can do. Like, so the main mission is right. Go to this thing and spy on like whatever Skynet are working on. But then it's like the side missions are, go get some medical supplies for this old lady that's back at the camp who needs some go destroy uh, one of their outposts if you think you can do it. And mm. then you can either do it whatever way you want. You can go in and it's like kind of like cyberpunk as well, how it feels. It is a first person game and you can go in and you can hack things so that like you can destroy their tower. You can just go in and blow everything up and shoot every T 800. If you've got good enough weapons and skills and stuff like that. And yeah, it does. It feels like cyberpunk's approach to level design where it's, pretty much non-linear you can you can approach the level you can sneak in you can go in all guns blazing you can hack your way in you can do whatever and there's rpg mechanics so you can scale your character to how you like so um i've got my sort of he is really good with weapons my um jacob rivers but he's also good at hacking because that does help a lot if you've got no ammo and you're in a place you can just hack into the mainframe of the computer and just blow everything up without having to shoot anybody or lose any health or resources and resources management's a big thing you can go back to your camp and you can trade with other people in the in the resistance camp resources and stuff and it's really good man and like when it came out a lot of people said it was like shit and stuff I, i'm just reading maybe that, not a lot of people i read uh, watched the igm review and they said like there's no reason to play this it's a generic shooter they blah, gave blah, it and four was, out of ten i'm looking at the reviews yeah. destructoid four out of ten ign four opm five uh metacritic yeah. um 47 out of 100 on ps4 Steam yeah. is nine out of ten. Eurogamer one out of five. But I watched you play, and I was like, "This looks great." I genuinely Honestly, mean that. It, it's it's better. So the Terminator rankings for me, Termin- the Terminator is the best Terminator film for me. Then mm-hmm. it's T two. Yep. Then it's Terminator two point five D in Universal Studios, which James Cameron directed. You the the twenty five minute long sequel basically to t2 with all the original cast again nice uh then this this is the next best thing into and then it's obviously then i think probably uh what was the you've got Christian jenny Bale smith one? you've got um uh terminate salvation salvation that's is next okay. to me. i don't hate that as much as no, the other one that's fine that is uh then probably three I genesis think. Then three, then dark. No, then dark fate, then three. See, I put three ahead of Genesis and dark fate. Three makes me furious. You, I know that makes you feel physically sick, doesn't it? Like you've just like, yeah, down a mouthful of porn. It maybe is better than those other ones, but the fact that they had the cast still and they they had Arnie in his prime as Arnold, and it's still as shit as it is, is the one yeah. that like puts it over the edge. And it's me. got the but great the scene of like, like, the world being a, a disintegrated, and then and that's. Kind of it, but I, it's salvation. I put salvation above that. Yeah, then three. Oh, then I don't know because Genesis, Genesis was. Just I thought Dark Fate cringe. was shit. Dark I Fate was people, awful. Yeah. I didn't like Dark Fate. I can't tell which one I because I mean I love Amelia Clark, but I you know Genesis just 
I mean, she doesn't right, do you know work with in Genesis, that film. mate? Do you know why that one works better for me than Dark Fate? It's sell me on it. I went to see Genesis, and there was a group of just like about twenty odd people in the cinema, and just me and whoever I went. I can't remember. I think just me and one of my friends, but they were going fucking wild. <laughs> Every time Arnold was like showing up on screen, they were going mental, and it was like. I think that just sort of made it fun. I think um, I would put that ahead, actually, because Dark Fate... There's some decent Sarah Connor's back well. as well. Sarah Connor's back. You've got... And you've got... It felt, felt like a continuation. So, like Terminator 3 to you, Dark Fate should have been, like, the the, 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 the unconfirmed sequel that we needed. To, and they just didn't do anything. Whereas Genesis, at least that was kind of like its own little thing. And you get that scene where he's like... It doesn't make... It hurts my head at the end of Dark Fate... Arnold is at the bottom of that pit and he says, this is for John or whatever. And this is not even the Terminator that knew John from T2. It's It's a different one. They say that. It's just for the fans. This one doesn't have any connection to John Connor. Like obviously in T2, you get those amazing scenes in there. I think those scenes are great in the, in the extended edition of T2 where he's trying to show him how to act and stuff. And then like, obviously you get the ones that are in both versions where Sarah's saying like, I knew he would never harm him. I knew he would yep. look after him forever and all this. And you get their bond, but like they established that that's not this Terminator in dark fate, but then still have him throw it. Oh, fucking it's anyway. it up by blowing John Connor to John Connor to hell. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, if you wanted to shock the audience and think we're watching a good film, great, but yeah. it, it just felt like for, for the fact that it was marketed to be like the, the spiritual sequels in the first few films, and then they just completely dropped every ball they had. They were always trying to do something like wild, like like you said with that one. Oh, he's killed John at the start of it, and then like Genesis had. Well, John is actually a Terminator now, and you just like, do you know what? Do you know what it's gets? Do you know what puts it, yeah. Genesis up, up? Is that the opening scenes of the future war are fucking amazing? Yep, that and that's what people 15, want. Ten minutes, like just do that. Yeah, and that's I what know, you said, yeah. I know um, Thingy was an attempt at that, obviously, Terminator Salvation, but um, the most famous thing to come out of that film is obviously, good for you! <laughs> <laughs> See, Ant, if you want the, uh, 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 what's it called, impressions, come to Ant, because he always nails it. <laughs> I, I couldn't do that, mate. <laughs> that but, clip is the best, isn't it? Like, uh, Have you seen good. the Family Guy edition of it as well? Oh, God, mate, it depends what season it's in. Well, he, he, basically, it's like they've taken the clip and he's like... Um, He's like, do you want me to come over there and fucking tear your lights down? And he's like, oh, you're going to owe a fortune to the swedge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just Peter just ripping him every time. Oh, Peter. And he's no, like, no, I haven't peanut, seen that one. There's a peanut M&M that fell behind there, and I wanted to get it. And he's like, oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. Oh, I, need I'll to send you. I think it might just be a YouTube thing. But um, it's, it, that, that run is just... Inexcusable. Good for you. Obviously, he's talking about like Bryce Dallas Howard. He's like, somebody comes behind there walking around Bryce. Ah, Jesus Christ. The most fascinating thing is this dude is fucking Welsh. Yep. And he's going mental in this American accent because he's so dialed into John. How method is that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate. Um, uh, Terminator. We, we did. We've done. No, we have covered Terminator two on our action flicks. Um, yeah, we've covered. We've covered him like as as sort of. Yeah, we've co- we've covered a lot of films just in little segments, haven't we? In bigger, se- we'll have to do a Terminator thing one day. I just realised that we haven't done it, covered it at all. Um, Terminator One is fucking uh, that film is so it, it's 
so underrated in the shadow of T2. T2, that's it, mate. And I know it's not underrated. Like I know people fucking love it, but I mean, like I think it deserves... I think it's a better film than T2. I think it's just T2's louder and like got it's, it's Robert Patrick time, it, and mate? stuff like that. It's, it's like a time when you've got Alien and Aliens, you've got Terminator, yeah. T2, and there isn't, there is but another one. But I still one feel like well. Alien gets that. It's a better film stamp. There is always more of a, when I think when you ask people, which one's better Alien or Aliens, there's always a, um... Aliens, a better film. Aliens is more of a fun time. I think yeah. exactly the same about T1 and T2, mate. Honestly, mm-hmm. T1 is T1's such an underrated, like horror, like, horror yeah. film. Thriller through me. Yeah. Horror, like obviously tech noir, like mm-hmm. bar and like all the atmosphere and stuff. Oh, you know when they walk in the bar in a uh, thingy, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got that song play. It's like you've got me burning, and like they're walking in and all the music's playing. It's where it's where Arnold comes to kill Sarah for the first mm-hmm. time, and she's yeah. hiding in the bar. You go to find somebody sends you out on a mission on uh, Terminator Resistance just to show you that they do get it, and you go out and this guy uh, he's like basically wants a radio. His radio's broke. Uh, at the resistance camp and you go and the, the there's a bunch of like t800s surrounding this radio that's uh playing music and you go up the stairs and he's like jacob's like can i hear music and it, it's obviously a trap they've set it up to lure somebody there to get this radio or to think that somebody's there uh civilians are there obviously mm-hmm. you go up the stairs two t800s in this room and the radio's like you've got me burning yeah. so, i was like oh man. fucking yes yeah. like it's little things it. like that which make it as well, isn't it? Because, yeah. like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, this is they, – they understand. Like, that's what I want as a Terminator fan. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. What I will um, say about Dark Fate is I did think that the um, de-aging technology was great on Linda Hamilton yeah. and little John Connor. I think they – for yeah. some reason, I can't remember the last name. But It's even just come a long way since, like, young Arnold in Genesis, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it just looks so good. It really did look really good in that. And I, I watch it, and I believe that's – that Sarah Connor of that in, in that era. What we said as well is like Genesis is more of like, a, it's like a Terminator greatest hits film. So even though it's not, not a great film, there are moments in it where you go, Oh, that's like, yeah, that's a good nod. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. where, where like they show you like Kyle Reese going and finding the shoes and like, I know it's fucking Jai Courtney instead of Michael Bean, but you know what I mean? Like it's little, little moments and you're like, yeah, that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Whereas dark fate feels like it's like going for it, like a totally new entry and, completely serious and and falls flat whereas yeah genesis is just fan service and like thingy but at least it's got that <laughs> yeah i think dark fate just base for me dark fate impacts the first two films too badly by killing john collar connor yeah. sorry i what you're gonna go back and watch the first two well films every think, film that's been released since t2 has cancelled the events of t2 yeah, and it just makes no like sense genesis they go into the timeline of the first film Mm-hmm. And like, oh, one second, mate. I'm just getting a phone call. Yeah, no worries. It's just it, it annoys me that uh, if I watch T1 and T2, and they've got a you're trying to keep John Connor alive, and then uh, he just gets off in the opening scene of Dark Fate in a pub bar in Hawaii. And I just it just nauses up for me. Um, so I don't like that at all. Uh, but again, the film is just it's just disappointing. It's just naff. And it could have been, and it could have been really quite good, but I don't know. wasn't for me, mate. wasn't wasn't for me. But yeah, we'll, we'll do a. I think Ant's on the phone, so I am talking to myself. But yeah, we'll do a Terminator centric episode at some point, whether it's that one film or all of them, or the best one or the worst one. I, I don't know yet, but I do would like to dive back into that because let's face it, Terminator is a proper MPM 
IP, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that is, <laughs> it's like one of the most um, quintessentially MPM things you could ever imagine. Um, I haven't been doing anything else other than that, though. I've been quite, um, I'll say, busy, but I'm living the dream and chilling out as much as possible. This week's been fairly busy, but you haven't really been watching much. So I'm um, leaning on Beefcake here for term- for his Terminator stuff. But uh, on the game, there's a fun little quote about how the game was received. Some Alex Avard of Games Radar, in his review, called it the best Terminator game they'd ever played. But he also then said it was also the worst game that he played in 2019. So, you know, take of that what you will. But I've seen Ant play it on his streams and it looks good. Do you know what I mean? Like, it isn't just, uh, it's been called boring and generic. And maybe that's just my um, understanding of games. But they look like quite a lot of cool stuff to do. Like you said, if you've got no weapons, you can just blow stuff, which isn't uh, <laughs> blow stuff up, which isn't exactly a new thing. But, you know, it's little details like that, which is quite fun. And. I'm back. Some of the moments in that game look really good. I was just saying that um well like Terminator is like one of the most quintessential like MPM things you could probably do. So one day oh, we yeah, will do something Terminatory. And I was just we reading. We could do quote. everything with it, mate. We could do the toys, the the Kenner ones and the Necker ones. We could do games. We could, we could, do, could the, do the decline of the Terminator films. Movies, basically. Sarah Connor Chronicles, whatever you want, mate. Yep. You could start. You could even do that. Just like you don't even have to talk about the films, but you could talk about where it started and where it is now. All of it, yeah. How did it get there? But I was just reading a quote from a guy called Alex Avard at Games Radar who called Terminator Resistance the best Terminator, Terminator game he ever played, but also yeah. called it the worst game he played in 2019. Like, there's uh, that weird kind of like dichotomy there where. Um, obviously the Terminator games previously haven't been very good but when I, and I was saying when I, I watched you play it I, I genuinely it think it, yeah the shooting mechanics feel good they feel even better now on PS5 as well uh, it just nails the, the just sort of the world of that future war mm. it, it absolutely nails it That's and maybe I'm biased because I've been asking for that forever yep. um, but it's got like you know that like and I think Salvation went wrong with this. Salvation's got like a really great uh, like a grey beige brownish yep. like colour palette all I think of when I think of Terminator is like the blue, the dark blue sky with the light blue plasma going over it with like just the red dots in the middle of the eyes of every single Skynet product, fucking machine, whatever. And just like, again, the outfits of the resistance and stuff that that brown and blue and all that. It's like, it perfectly nails that aesthetic. You second, you go in, you're just like, Oh yeah, this is that opening scene in T1. Like it's, it's perfect. Yep. And now you're right. You can you can stray from that and maybe do something decent, but sometimes it is good to keep that core look to it. Yeah, and again, Salvation went for something different and kept it as gra- tried to keep it as grand as possible, but mm. it just didn't quite. Whereas Genesis and Dark, well, Dark Fate tried Genesis not quite as much, but um, it's an interesting one. The Frank Terminator films because it, it does feel like to most people like there is just a gradual decline. Well, is it interesting for you to say though that? It, it, it dipped and then went kind of back up again with Genesis well, and Salvation. See, Salvation the is thing decent, is, It's like... It's hard to explain, because like I said, I, I, 3 is probably better than those other ones. It's just... I, it hurt me more. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it hurts me more to watch that one. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so silly. It's just a complete parody of itself. Like, at least these other ones... With them not being like very good, at least they're trying. Like it feels like three is just going, man, whatever. Like mm-hmm. you know, like they see. Obviously, he walks in the bar and he's like got the pink sunglasses on and he comes out. He's doing it, and then like the female Terminator makes her boobs bigger to get the police off her, and you're just like, this is just mm-hmm. shit. That's it's just point. shit. 
Whereas the other ones, again, as much as they don't like some bland performances or some whatever so-so ideas, at least they're trying. They're doing mm. something. They're not just throwing the entire franchise in the bin and turning it into a joke. No, yeah, and so, and this is and Terminator Salvation. We're talking about a film directed by McGee, and exactly. in, in the lead is someone called Moon Bloodgood. So, uh, <laughs> great, and Sam Worthington's in it, who's usually like a complete like charisma vacuum. Him but- <laughs> and Jai Courtney, they are the brown bread of cinema. Aren't oh, they? No, they are, and it's it's got Anton Yelchin. Rest in peace, Anton. Yeah, he's a great actor, and he's such a versatile uh, actor. He's he was always very good. And obviously Christian Bale as well. I mean, that's, there's the draw there already. But um, yeah, yeah. Sam Worthington is like a he's like who I'd expect Dallas to be Howard. cast in this type of film. And Bryce, yep, your girl Bryce, yep, Helena Bonham Carter as well. Don't forget, so she's in it. Wow, did I not remember that. Forget about exactly, I always forget that she's in it. But that is on. the last kind of film I expect Helena Bonham Carter to show up in. <laughs> I know this that's, is this is during the Potter years as well. So she obviously wow. just came in this to do something light. And she was just on the Water Brothers set. <laughs> yeah, she said, "Do you want to pop in?" Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, this is on Netflix. Terminator Salvation. I wonder if any of the other ones are. I don't know. I'll have a look at that. If so, I might do a little ro- uh, watch through of the films. Yeah, give it a go, mate. Sorry. Uh, anything else you've been watching or playing no, or reading? No, that's about it, to be honest. Uh, oh, I've been carrying on playing some um, Legacy of Kane. I'm just going through oh, yeah. those games sort of at a leisurely pace. I don't need to mention those again. I've mentioned them all before. Great gothic fantasy, uh, what Amy Hennig sort of got her first working on, who obviously went on to do Uncharted mm-hmm. and everything else that she's gone on to do and was going to do a Star Wars game, but never got never around got to doing it. it but... Cancelled Amy Hennig game, famous one now. Yeah, um... Yeah, not not much, mate. Um, not much at all. Right. Well, that's pretty much it. And I think I, will, I can tell you that term, the Terminator is on Amazon Prime, but the second and third one aren't, or on Netflix, which is really annoying. But Salvation is on. Make Netflix. it a rule that when a streaming service buys a movie, they just get the rest of the movies as well. We don't want to have so to go across better. from other ones to watch the sequel. Yeah, right, exactly. And then, oh, I have to go and rent some and, and stream others. And somebody fucking buy David Lynch's films for a streaming service. <laughs> Jeez, man. Trying to watch fucking Eraserhead or anything. You just can't find it anywhere. you got to buy the fucking Criterion Collection one for 50 quid. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I look, I love a bit of Criterion Collection stuff only for the, the, the special features you get with it, which are so good. But, man, I'm not, I'm not buying Criterion Collection. It's not – I like the films, but I just buy the standard ones. But um, didn't David Lynch make it? He's got a new film. Uh, he's on working on a new film now, isn't he? Uh, I'm not sure. There's been all sorts of rumours about all sorts. He did a big thing where he was going to do an announcement thing and he just did another one of those. Um, Today is the 4th of May and it's sunny outside and we're going to ex- be expecting rain later today. And like <laughs> everybody went mental because you should know that he, that dude just dances to his own tune. He ain't going to piss around doing it's anything David Lynch isn't there, he doesn't exactly do things in the most yeah, straightforward not Bob way Iger. he's not going to fucking come out in a press conference and tell you he's slate of films <laughs> for the next 10 years David, David Lynch what you want. signed a multi-million dollar contract with Disney to release his new film. one of my favourite David Lynch stories is George Lucas trying to get him into direct Return of the Jedi dude have dude. you ever seen him tell this story I've heard the story but I haven't seen him do it I, I, watch him he does it at like a I can't remember. It's like some film festival or something like that. He sat talking in front of a crowd and he's like, and they got me in there and they were asking me and telling me to look at the the Wookiees or the Ewoks. (laughs) And I had such a headache. I had to leave. (laughs) (laughs) He just basically walked out. The fact that they can give David Lynch a headache must have been (laughs) 
God knows what they showed him. Imagine George. I think it was just a room full of Wookies and Ewoks and shit. And George and his other geeks are standing there, with yeah. this hair everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and George is like, "Well, what I want you to do is, I want you the, the, the Jedi are going to be fighting the Emperor and the, and the Darth Vader." And it, David Lynch is thinking about the next like depressing indie <laughs> thing he's going to make, yeah. and like they're trying to make him make stuff. Can you imagine the David Lynch director Return of the Jedi? Fucking hell, no, no, exactly. Especially because now we know that George pretty much directed Return he was of the right Jedi. in the middle of like well he, he was sort of about to start doing uh twin peaks twin and peaks. stuff and imagine if he was just like yeah tied down to a Jedi, that have been. yeah and it's it was, everything that he's against george like, lucas wanted because he pretty much controlled that film and uh from richard marquand he wouldn't have been able to do that with david lynch no so no it would have been wild have fallen out oh yeah probably booted him off and david lynch if you watch any of this stuff about like twin peaks <laughs> he hated the, the the production thing on like TV and like constantly he, he's done a massive rant video about that, about how they'd make him just like have one day. They'd say you can have one day on this set and then you go, go on to the next one. And he's like kicking off because he's saying you can't get, you can't get performances out of people that quickly when you're mm. just asking them to do this. It's, he says it's against everything that's like about filmmaking and obviously established by this point, hates the TV experience. The opening of Twin Peaks The Return, which is obviously something he was completely just allowed to do what he wanted on, the opening shot is somebody with a sledgehammer smashing up a TV. <laughs> Subtle. Just, just in case you didn't know how much yeah. he hated it. <laughs> I, I, well, again, Twin Peaks is something I will get down around to watching Ant is when Ant says to watch it, I do. So I will get around to watching that. I do I like that, wait. mate. If I literally say, Matt, watch this, and it's like a four-hour-long YouTube analysis on like a game he's never played, he's like, watching it now, mate. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I'll always make sure I uh, react to it so he knows I'm watching yeah, it as well. Yeah. So, um, I love those film... Uh, this is a little off-tide tangent, but I love those film festival interviews. I've, um, I mentioned to you, I've watched so, all is. the Billy Friedkin's ones. Like that, I love yeah. those ones because you get... They're always so candid. doesn't matter who the director is. They always feel candid... You know, yeah. film directors or producers or screenwriters surrounded by people in like fans and being asked questions usually by somebody who knows what they're on about. And you yeah. always get so many good, like Billy Freakin's story about the Exorcist 2 premiere and stuff like that. And it's usually the way they put it across rather than the story. The story's fine, but it's the yeah. way these, whether it's Freakin or Lynch, it's the way they tell it is perfect, these kind of stories. So yeah, go on YouTube, everyone. Just watch these kind of weird videos. They're, they're great. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to tweet them out or something. Yeah, we will do. But um, I think there, mate, is that our episode on Event Horizon this week? I think that's the episode on Event Horizon. Wookies, it hurt my head. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, spoilers for Event Horizon if you haven't seen it. That's what happens in it. We'll be back next week with something pretty cool. Either way, yes, we've got we a few ideas. Both of them are pretty cool. So we'll see which one pans out. But before then, mate. Uh, where can the world find you and your streaming exploits? Uh, I'm at Antshot first on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. And whereabouts are you, mate? Uh, what I watched tonight.co.uk. I've actually done a few reviews recently, Shock Horror, though I haven't done these for about a week. Um, what I watched tonight across all the socials and Letterboxd as well. Um, and if you want to find us, you can do at MP Madness Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We put you know, we put polls up. We're things what we're going to be talking about the next week and and always post some really cool toy photographs and that as well so check us out on there and also tell your mates about us because they're going to like the show wouldn't they 
course they will. How could they not? Exactly. Ball sperm. <laughs> exactly. David Lynch. David Lynch, ball sperm, and whatever else, we, whatever levels of hell we we went into we went through the core this week into but um yeah thank you for listening everyone do come back next week so we've got another wicked show coming until then from me though see ya and from Ant, peace <laughs>